Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. It's fucking late at night, Friday night, and we're in somewhere in Queens. It's Friday night and I'm in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live from the garage. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sports song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Moses grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to Live from the Garage. Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my shit. Oh. I said, oh. R-I-A-M, that's my name from the other end. Hey everybody, this is Killing a Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. Like, what's your favorite radio station? I from the garage. What kind of psycho walks into this shit? Don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound feet! It's gonna ever keep me down. Live. From the barrage. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake! I have a great story. Makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, fuck uh, you. Oh, yeah. That's right, everybody. That's right. <laughs> or gas- gassy already. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> We're back. Live from the Barrage is back here on Radio No. Pat's back. Yeah. And I'm glad to have you back. I was busy talking about Prince was Reindeer. I, was I missed? <laughs> Who's that guy? The 27-man radio show was one man down. <laughs> yeah. you, dude. No, man. One of the shows you were like, oh, I'm sure the other 27 people will fill in. And nobody showed up for that one. I had to cancel it. for a family emergency. Uh, yeah. Solo show. That's right. Welcome back to Live from the Barrage. We're here on Radio Nope. Thank you, Brad Weisenberger. And uh, the best rap uh, hip-hop show of all time. No more music by the suckers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, did you know that after our show, you can listen to Music On with Music Off, the replay of yesterday's show? How was that show? I have not listened to it. Me too, but I'm dying to. Maybe we should listen to it after this show. Like, make it like a, a point. Yeah, but I, I got I to kind of do computer stuff, you know? I'm sure Music Off's a great DJ. I would listen to that. Well, does it go? It goes to podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a theme, I believe. Right, right, right. Everything right, goes right. to podcast. Yeah, he's a theme guy. Yeah, he had a, he had a theme. I believe it was a uh, Irish. Uh, he asked bands. me to. He asked me to. Rec- oh yeah, Irish bands. And yeah, I said, he's asking uh, me. He, you know what I found out? Like, I'm that. a junk drawer from Belfast. They're good. The the Pogues aren't Irish. They're not. Well, they are. But they're not from Ireland. Well, Shane McGowan was born in Ireland, but he grew up in England. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I thought they were there. My whole world is like turned upside down. They started in England, but it was all fucking kids who were born in Ireland and were born in two Irish parents who moved for work. Wait, the (laughs) the Pogues never like toured with U2 or anything like that? Uh, That was never a thing? No? I don't know. Yeah, Pogues Pogues and tourism was an interesting thing. Uh, I went to see the fucking Pogues one night. I had uh, an ex that bought me something as a sweet gesture. She bought me tickets for the Pogues when they, uh, when Shane first got back with them, and, yeah. uh, and she presented me with the tickets. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" It was St. Patrick's Day. What and, else? Uh, that, what was the, uh, the? It's the the Nokia Theater, whatever the fuck it is now. The PlayStation yeah. it, Four Theater. Right. It used <laughs> to be the uh, <clears throat> right. Yeah, it used to right. be the. Um, the uh, felt form, the right? Cadbury Lounge, and, uh, <laughs> <for that one. laughs> the Nestle Quick Entertainment Center, <laughs> the Guaranteed Rate Field, uh, the Smoothie King Center, <laughs> the General Insurance, the goddamn <laughs> Smoothie King Center, <laughs> the fucking Geico Arena. For a great low rate, you can save some time. <laughs> but I was, I was ju- like, oh shit, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. But it turned out actually the place was completely empty. Mm-hmm. Because uh, everybody got drunk during the day, and apparently they got mm. dr- too drunk to turn up for the gig. Ah, 
So there was like, I mean, it was great. It was one of the most comfortable, like, large uh, shows I've ever been wow. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, that was the Felt Forum over there? I no, think... the Felt Forum was underneath the uh, that's Garden. That's the oh, that's, so that's now that's the theater yeah. at the Garden right. or whatever the fuck. Yeah, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, brought right. to you by Prudential Life. All right. The um, uh, Music on with Music Off, episode seven, is uh, that's that you can hear that right after the show. That is all Irish music. So I, I guess you'll hear like a, um, uh, uh, Black 47. I don't know. Yeah, and that's guys. it. Mm. Brighty. <laughs> See, that's a good. That serves as a great bridge to uh, the top dollar hour with Tuna Can Jones, which comes on after that. Yeah, so that's now, right. finally, we have a bridge from our show to Tuna Can show. That confounded bridge. Yeah. Also, I uh, just want to mention congratulations to Conan Neutron and his uh, 100th show last night. Oh, yeah, 100 shows. I can't believe that guy has 100 shows. I, 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 that literally blew me away. I thought he had like 50 shows. Wait, does that include like the FM Hi. shows or? Good job, Conan. Uh, wh- like his? Didn't he do? <sighs> Probably Sep, right? Sep? Yeah, it's Toad Sep. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, Toad Sep. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I think that's just Protonic Reversal. Right. I get to tune into that. He's got Josh Davis on there now. I like that guy. That guy's the best. Red Letter Media, funny guy. Mm. Yeah. Depressed guy. He'll be funnier on our show. <laughs> so congratulations, Conan, and uh, those are all the shows. And uh, thank you. Good night. Good night. In a little while, My uh, Uber's here. <laughs> At the 9 p.m. hour, let me check to make sure the phones are working here. We're going to have a legendary musician, Chips Enough, from Enough's Enough. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Man. I'm excited for this, man. He's going to be calling in. We're going to ask him all sorts of questions. Guy's got great stories, uh, and he was there in the heyday of all those all those uh, glam rock and roll bands, and we're going to find out what the, what, the, what the deal is. We're going to get the scoop. 30 years, dude. Crazy. That's a long time. It is. I'm excited to talk to Chip. Me too. Fun man. times. Really fun guy. Yeah, so I got a lot of stuff on that. And uh, <laughs> Ryan's walking in with like a mug of coffee. <laughs> Ryan's walking in. Oh, right. Trying to get Skype started up here. Make sure that's working. Uh-oh. By the way, I want a little uh, editor's footnote. We are going to be calling Chip directly instead of him calling it. Oh, I wish you would have told me that before because uh, it costs. Oh, okay. I have $23 on my Skype account. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I figured I mentioned it now. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give Chip a call. All right. So you, yeah, we're you, going to give him a ring later on. You'll, you'll set that up for me, right? Produce the show. So <clears throat> pass me a note with the number yes, on it. Exactly. And stuff. Right, It'll good. be decoded so nobody can understand. When you're dialing. Paul. (laughs) 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 Chips enough. Have you ever heard anything like that in your life, Paul? Enough's enough with a Z there, Paul. (laughs) You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Are you a cop? What did you do the other day with your hands, Ryan, that David Letterman... What was that? (laughs) (laughs) He puts both hands together right over his left hip. (laughs) For those who can't see me at home. (laughs) It's funny you mention that. He's back. Chips and Up's actually been on David Letterman. Uh, That's right. I saw that in my notes. Mm -hmm. Excellent notes, by the way, Tom. Problem with the luggage? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you a cop? Yeah, those, those uh, notes are from our new researcher, man. We got a whole team of monkeys writing up. Uh, By the way, I don't want to rip off Letterman, but everybody who's in the studio today, all the guests get a free ham. Delicious. A free canned ham. <laughs> <laughs> you like ham, Paul? Yeah, yeah, ham, yeah. <laughs> you ever see when they would do the Halloween sure. episode with. You like ham there, Paul? Yeah, sure, yeah, sure ham, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They would have these, uh, they bring out kids in costumes, and then he like put things in the trick-or-treat bags, like 50 feet of garden hose. <laughs> it's time for 50 feet of garden hose. 50 feet of garden hose. <laughs> 
The world's most dangerous band. <laughs> the world's most dangerous band if you're a drummer. If you want some hoes, that's where you go. Yeah, 50 feet of garden hose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 50 feet of garden hose. Yeah. You know, every time I watch that show, Paul would, while the band's playing, Paul would play like two notes on the piano and then just point at yeah, everybody. Yeah, he points at everybody. Yeah. I can connect with that. Lazy bastard. <laughs> well, hey, Tommy understands. It's called, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you uh, when you when you tell people what to do, uh, annoying. <laughs> That's what it's called. Can I get a piano back here? That overproduce it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we should give Tommy like three keyboards, surround him with keyboards yeah, like exactly. Rick Wakeman's. <laughs> he wrote a book, and it's Paul just all Shaver. different. It's all drawings of hands pointing. <laughs> That's Tommy's That's producer book. language. And that'd be fun, dude. And I hit each key, and it just says another message to you guys, like some little notes. That'd be good. And I can ignore them. Yes. <laughs> Tommy Rockstar's yes, here. Ryan always. is here. Patrick Walsh is thankfully back with us. And uh, we have a, I have a Mario. <laughs> Listen to this. Mario sends me a voicemail from, uh, he goes, uh, he's stuck in Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. Do you just not pick up the phone anytime he calls just so you can get the voicemail? No, because I'm at work and I don't get service. So I don't oh, okay. see it until I get out. But I, no, you're right. I don't pick up the phone. That's, yeah, what, that's, that's what, what I, I tell do. him, too. Did he, <laughs> did he text you that he was going to call you, that he was going to call you, that he was going to text you? It's funny you. you say that. He texts me, I left you a, I left Letter U A V M. Call getting, me if you can. He's getting efficient at least. Yeah, so he left me a text saying he left me a voicemail. And then it was a lot of, lots of poop emoji. Uh, right. And so, <laughs> right. Found that too, right. <laughs> so so he, what's his deal? He uh, he went down there with his mom and dad because his dad likes to play poker and I guess he took him, them down there. Nice of him, right? And uh, he ended up losing the, like he does everything. He lost the key to his dad's car. Like in a bet? <laughs> I'm putting my father's car on black. I can see him do that. Pig slips. <laughs> exactly. There's a, there's a fucking Bobby Soxer with a fucking handkerchief in the middle of the road. He lost. <laughs> Tommy, you finally said something funny. Welcome to the club. I have $65 left and a Kia Sorrento. <laughs> and if not, I have some Sorrento cheese. Uh, yeah, so he lost, he didn't lose it in a, in a gambling debt, I don't think. But uh, what are you talking about? That's worth more than four chips. It's got new tires. <laughs> He's like that guy. I just had the air conditioning recharged. Chris Cartron or whatever his stupid name oh, is. That guy. That dude. Wait, that so dude. Is he coming back up? Um, he's trying to try to make it late, but he probably won't be here. He lost the key to his dad's car. He can't find it anywhere. He looked everywhere. He doesn't know if it's in the car. He got so hundred bucks for a tow truck. And four hundred bucks for a new one of those fob key things. Oh, that must like be two of them. Him. It's killing him. It blew his whole weekend. Did and then you it... check the lost and found, yeah, Paul? He did. <laughs> <laughs> I hear uh... <laughs> Sorrento. Kia <laughs> 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 Sorrento, there, Paul. How much you want to bet that sitting? You drive one of those. <laughs> I heard McConaughey uh, drives a Sorrento. He's coming out. Sorrento. How much you want to bet that key's in the Cibodo? It's like sitting there in his pocket, or it's like his bag or something, or in his like one of his subway right. sandwiches. He's gonna find it when he gets home. Yeah. In the ashtray. Yeah. So he has no idea where it is, and he's it's cost him five hundred dollars so far. And I'm a lightly used metro card. <laughs> How much did he lose at the poker table? Uh, he won one hundred and sixty bucks. Oh, that's all his winnings. Plus. Oh, that's it. Plus, yeah, yeah, plus he's in trouble. So I think he's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. I do want to go back and hit the table. So I think he is trying to make his money back. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <God>. That's <laughs> a great idea. A teacher's salary. Dig deeper and deeper. And yeah, deeper. that's called putting good money after bad, mm. and it's a bad idea. So. 
I lost my cocky. Uh, got any gum? <laughs> hey, you have, a, you have one of them fobs there, Paul? You know those fobs? What's that mean, fob? <clears throat> I have no idea. It's it's not an acronym. That's actually... Oh, is okay. it? That's... What a stupid thing. This is a big scam where they try to, like, if you break your key or you lose it or you drop it, they charge you a million dollars for a new key. Yeah, someone was in my Facebook feed complaining about that. They spent like three, four hundred dollars yeah. on shit. It's horse shit. Mm. Why gotta get a spare, Paul? <laughs> keep it in your wallet. <laughs> I actually keep a spare in my car, like on the outside of it. Letterman did drive himself to the show every day, right? He didn't have a driver. He drove like a Lamborghini or some shit. Like that. He, no, he used to drive himself. He was legendary for his uh, for his speeding tickets. The Connecticut Turnpike, yeah. whatever. The old town and country's <laughs> in the shop. Ever, I'm on that Merritt Park right there, Paul. <laughs> speeding. <laughs> he has a warehouse that's like right off the expressway there, full of all his cars. Does he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a car guy. Serious business. I will uh I am a talk show guy though, so mm. if anyone wants to hire me, ha ha I'll be there. Uh I'll I'll uh I'll take an Uber. Yes. You, you making a third appearance on oh, uh, Ice Road Truckers? Uh, I whatever? haven't heard anything since the last time. I think I blew uh, the Ice Road Trucker Serious <laughs> channel gig. Yeah, it's it the gratuitous use, use of the word cunt. I showed, yeah, in trouble. I showed up with beers and I did sign off with fuck Nazis. I don't know if that <laughs> Nazi punks fuck off. Thanks, I'm John Houlihan. You're listening to Ice Road Truckers he was, on Sirius XM. Chris T was wrapping it up. It's a, it's, it's a it's Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> what? Ice Road Rusty truckers. Beard. No, the name of the show is... Uh, it is Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, drive on ice, Paul. See you next week. <laughs> it's the worst Letterman impression ever. Sorry. Hey, speaking of King All, All Media, do you guys hear that the Village Voice published its last issue today? On paper. On paper. Oh, that wow. sucks because uh, investigative journalism is dead. That sucks because I got a parakeet. That really I like looking for a place <laughs> to go. Hey, Paul, you ever look at the back cover of the Village <laughs> Voice? Whoa. Ooh. I love they went from a, a paper that you pay money for, you know, like a paper, to a free paper, and then instantly started bragging about how much their circulation had increased to their right. advertisers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, magazines will do that. They'll mail shit to people, and they're like, I never ordered this. And they're like, yeah, we have more circulation than ever. Right. Oh, is that what they, they oh, pad yeah, the stats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. That's the whole thing. I do. I, I did enjoy Unsolicit picking up a voice in the city for uh, for free every once in a while, and uh, reading it at, at work while I ate my lunch. Yeah, you can see all the bands playing on Mondays that are named after the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, have, they <laughs> at the pyramid. They'd have good long and and in depth articles yeah. about. Now look, politics. I'm going to go see Wiggum at the Spiral. <laughs> Article. <laughs> Article. <laughs> whatever. Whatever happened to that Michael Musto guy? I think they oh, fired yeah. him a long time ago, though. Uh, right? But they, he's still partying. Didn't they lay everyone off a, a while ago? And I don't know. The, the the paper still seems really thick. They got rid of their photographer. I remember that. There's still half of that huge building. Mm. 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 It was on the covers. <laughs> it's Bob Dylan. Bobby D is the last guy on the cover. Being Bobby his, D. Uh, yeah, you know. Peace <laughs> <Decent> out. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> My Uber's here. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Come to Nobu. <laughs> Nobu. <laughs> Once upon a time, you rode so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Bobby D. I thought you meant Robert oh, De Niro. Paper costs a dime. Paper costs a dime. You can buy a lime. Bankrupt. In the back of the village void. Then the whole printage changed. <laughs> You look in the back. All damn business was rearranged. The kids were tapping on the internet. Dude, get I, bored, get a whore. I once saw that guy at the fucking... The bed you had no more need for your top seat. At the Beacon Theater? 
<laughs> Couldn't pay rent. Some some dude ran out of the crowd. Get a read Michael Musto, didn't you? Oh, I ain't going to work for John Sparage no more. Dude, I once saw that dude. You listen to music off, not hand off, hand off. He didn't you? me on the legs. He scrambles up my eggs. I saw him at the Beacon Theater, and some guy ran out of the crowd to go tackle him while he was playing piano. Yeah, and he was like about a foot away. And before, Dylan killed him, dude. He he just the security guard jumped out of nowhere and tackled the dude. Yeah, and he just kept playing piano, yeah. and then he just kind of <laughs> turned around, and was like, <laughs> he held him down. I'm laughing at Bob posting the chat box a picture, a gif of uh, Norm as Letterman. It's scary, like <laughs> the hair, the haircut they put on him and stuff. <laughs> he, just, he never flinched, dude. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. Dylan? Yeah, well, he didn't see it coming, probably. He's, he's seen it all. He's an old man. He's an older gentleman. So I, I used to, we used to watch those, uh, we used to go to Videoport and rent those uh, concert <laughs> documentaries, and uh, they had one on The Who, and somebody was charging Pete Townsend, he took his guitar off and swung at the guy like mm. with a, like a baseball bat. That's yeah, well, up. you know, Keith Richards, that's the famous one, where he yeah. just he just leveled the dude right in the gut, which is great. Yeah. Stayed in tune. Stayed in tune, put that shit Love right back on, and fucking <laughs> whipped it right back out. Great. Listen, you're on stage. Some guy comes running at you. It's hats off to Larry. All, right. all, all bets are up. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. He got past security. It's my domain. Yeah, right. What if I do that to you guys on Friday night? Guitar right in the balls. Right in the nuts. Right in the nuggets. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I could barely get my guitar off. So it would take me like a half hour. I'd probably be killed. <laughs> You're strapped in. <laughs> you ever see us try to switch instruments? Like, Pat and I played a show last night at a place called yeah. Much More's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. How'd that go? It was fun. We had about 115 bands. Hmm. Good time. Uh, James Rocket, which is a great band, invited us to that show. We saw uh, Victory Over Sound, which is Matt Hunter's uh, wife's uh, solo band. That was great. Excellent. Excellent. Of course, uh, Aileen Brophy and uh, Knowles. Yes, that was great, too. Ross. Oh, yeah, Ross. The Gold Farmers played solo. It was good good times, man. I really had a really good time last night. I did. I did. It's laid back. I got home, and I knew I had to wake up at uh, 5.30 this morning. Sucked. Brutal, bro. Hating life. But uh, I got up at like six. Awful. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's the price you got to pay for rock and roll. Yeah, man. <laughs> I had a fun time. I'm sorry I couldn't make. I it. get home. I'm all wound up from the show. I can't sleep. I'm like, where'd all the people go who were saying I was great? They're all gone. <laughs> I'm sitting in the garage by myself watching CNN or some shit. Talking to Pat on Facebook. I just saw him five minutes ago. Mm, yeah. Now you know what it's like. <laughs> now you know what it's like living there. That that hard. On the road. Maybe you can write a Bob Seger song. <laughs> Did Dan have a good time? I guess. Dan, Dan who? <laughs> I, don't know, I was drunk. You wrong Tron, bro. You know, you know I'm having a good time when I'm getting that intoxicated before we go on stage and play a note well, we, for they, a band that hasn't rehearsed. They put us on last, and uh, we had to get there at like 6. We actually, Pat and I arrived around 7. For I a sound check? Um, no, just to you know, see all the bands because it started. Yeah, seeing Unity. And um, the thing is, if I was sitting outside with Hulahan, I'd be drinking like one beer an hour. But mm-hmm. instead, if I'm watching a band, I'm just like on a fucking hinge, just pouring them into myself. Yeah, it's like a yeah. nervous thing. Like you constantly have to sip or something. So we we tried to get the low alcohol beers. <laughs> That's <your laughs> Didn't plan. work out. I'm like, man, I just been sipping these beers the whole time. Yeah. I, I, I and I'm drunk. Yeah, fuck. I'm going to have to start bringing bucklers and keeping them in the van or something. <laughs> still make bucklers. Bucklers. <laughs> ever have that uh, bucklers? Ever, hey, you ever hear such a thing there, Paul? <laughs> it's like a Coors Cutter. <laughs> Don't want no alcohol. <laughs> Who made bucklers? Heineken? 
I don't know. Something. I don't know. <laughs> Bucklers. Well, duels, By the way, uh, well, duels appears to be the top of the heap. Uh, non-alcoholic beer. Category. Yeah, those old duels thugs pushed out the coarse cutter and uh, buck, bucklers people, well, which was good because they, they were sober. Yeah. What's an old duels taste like? I never. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> someone actually, <laughs> someone actually like uh, probably offered me old duels like five times in my life just to taste it. I'm like, oh, I'm good, but I think I'm good on that. <laughs> if I want to get bloated and not drunk, I'll just eat a pizza pie yeah. <laughs> go to subway by the way met, weighed myself uh yesterday 200 pounds on the dot nice is that, is that up or down that is the lowest i've weighed since like college nice buddy how tall are you uh just a shade over six foot wow. just a little shade not the sea hair don't say that's about the right combo nah, i think 185 or something like that i'm still probably obese in the eyes of my doctor he's a so big fat mean, fuck himself I'm, I'm, doing, bots. I'm doing a fucking i'm going to a high school reunion tomorrow oh shit yeah which i'm just going for a fucking flat what out amusement 25th somebody fucking messaged me and they're like oh you're coming you tall bastard and i'm like their fucking memory is very flawed because yeah. I'm I'm six even. I'm not tall. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing, but maybe it's your personality because I always thought you were taller than me and actually were the same height. I guess. Mm. And Ryan mm. and I, you and I are the same height too. No, you're taller than I am. Yeah, I'm six four. You got, this is a tall show. Why were lifts? It's a goddamn tall show. Everyone in here is over six feet tall. It's crazy. Yeah, Dave Harris custom inserts. <laughs> Dave Harrison was like probably six three, six yeah, four. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker. Yeah. Mario's tall. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's very Sicilian. Mario's very short. He's a small man. I forgot what I was going to bring. Oh, our new. Uh, we have sponsors. Do you want to hear? Yeah. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, this is a noted stand up Rob Montage. Hey, uh, stand up comedian Rob Montage. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, Rob? Right out of Louisville. Rob in Louisville, you're on the air. Yeah, this is. Uh, I just wanted to talk about. Uh, Really nothing. I was just calling to say hi. Oh. Uh, it was good to see Pat and uh, Danny Dara here in Louisville a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Thanks, how'd man. that go? Uh, it went pretty well. Uh, Dan and Pat both got... Well, hey, Dan was so drunk off the airplane that he didn't make it out on Friday night. And <laughs> oh, then shit. He's Pat bad disappeared fire. by 8, 8 p.m. on Saturday. So, you know, mm. went pretty well. You ghosted at them, 8, 8 p.m. on Saturday night? Pat? I have a lot going on. Oh, I see. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he was all busy. That's correct. <laughs> He's all busy. Yeah, he was man. all busy getting Corey so drunk he couldn't run sound, and he had to go home at six. Uh, <laughs> I just think the guy had an allergic reaction. I had nothing to do with that. Who was <laughs> you know? Who you should blame blame the fucker who brought the five pound fucking tub of peanuts and put it in the middle of the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, oh! but the thing is, before that allergic reaction, he was way drunk. <laughs> what time did allergic reaction go on? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> they're good. Uh, you know what? They canceled. They were the conformists of this year. Uh, the conformists canceled yeah, last year? So I love the Louisville barbecue. I'm sad I couldn't make it out there this year. I hope you guys had a good time. Louisville is it, my favorite. It was, it, it's actually running so far behind schedule that it's still happening. <laughs> so well, what, you can make hop on you know, hop on over, man. Rob's mm. tuning his guitar on the side of the stage as yeah. we speak. But don't worry. Don't worry. Cherub's went on, on time. Yeah. I like it right at right, – like, oh. Like um, they uh, they big timed uh, they might be big timed fake limbs and made fake limbs go after them so they could play on schedule. Whoa. They were given forty minutes. They played an hour and then at the end of that hour went, "Yo, we got time for one more," and oh. then immediately did one more without waiting for an answer. Wow, mm, that's yeah, the band Cherubs. Famous. Looking out. Uh, so you guys mad at them or something? No, I mean that that sucked at the at the time. And then that band Gay Witch Abortion. Uh, what a name. Set up. 
Yes, quite. <laughs> they were about uh, – we were already an hour and a half behind schedule. They set up a two-piece, insisted on using their own drums rather than the back line, despite being an hour and a half behind, yep. and then uh, disappeared. They set up and disappeared for 20 minutes. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. And Did, Mike from the Conformist had to like sit me down and be like, "It's okay, it's okay." Well, I'm I, like, I'm very Danny bad. Danny and I would have went up and played. Yeah. I know how. Um, <laughs> on top of everything, Elliot Tertron is. He runs this Louisville barbecue, uh, the, the famous Elliot Tertron, uh, brought back to life from being electrocuted. And he, true, huh? he he is so organized. Like he, at the at the actual barbecue, he'll be like, "So are you guys playing next year? I need to like know." I'm like, "It's a year from now. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next week." And so as organized as he is, I'm sure that these bands received the instructions and the emails, like detail, 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 and they well, still chose to ignore they them. They did, but I think they were just given no fucks at that point, and Corey was gone. So, like, mm. the guy that was helping Elliot keep it organized wasn't there, and it just fell. It fell a bit to shambles, but I was really worried that, you know, by the time – see, Wax Eater was supposed to play at 1210, and we went on it. 2.30 in the morning, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, oh no, nobody's still going to be there. Instead, what it was, was we played to the 50th, 50th, or 50th, drunkest motherfuckers in the uh, the Louisville metro area. That's the way it should go, pretty much. And how come Wax Eater is always on the bill every year, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you guys have to figure out, you have to uh, cut bands off uh, the list, and uh, yet you still play every time in a good time slot? Answer that, Rob Montauk. Okay, and by good time slot, you mean two thirty a.m.? Well, twelve ten. So. <laughs> this is the good. Yeah, twelve ten. Uh, why'd you guys put us on at two thirty? Fuck you. Two thirty? Don't why, you know what? we're drunk all the time? We can't play at two thirty. In the morning? No, in the afternoon. Last time we played at like two thirty in the afternoon. I don't know, man. Complain, Elliot, about that. Rob doesn't set the schedule. Rob talks about himself in the third person. Don't you understand that? <laughs> I got you on the air now. I'm not talking to that guy. Yeah, Jimmy doesn't like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, yeah, I know we would have put you on a prime spot if you came this year, but instead it was just the two of you. Where mm. was the third? I was here. I was jerking off in Queens. Eating refried beans. Cool. Jay Owing. Everything's going good, Rob. Refried beans. Ma- uh, Rob, beans. Rob, yeah. Rob mentioned... I'm getting married in two weeks. Rob hey. mentioned the other day, so Rob's getting married in two weeks, and Rob uh, wanted to know if... Uh, when he went to get his marriage license, the 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 the, uh, the bursar or whatever they called, <laughs> yeah. the person asked him, "Kind of clerk, are, are you related?" And he wanted to know if that was like nationwide or just in Kentucky because <laughs> they asked him, "Are you guys yeah, related?" That's fucked up. Well, the funny thing is, on the app you have to like fill out the marriage license application, and it said on there "relation?" question mark And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if that's asking if." We're related or not. And I just put, nope. Yep. And then uh, radio, nope. And then when we sat down with the lady, she was like, all right, are you uh, getting married in the state of Kentucky? Yeah. Are you both over 18 years old? Yeah. Uh, is the wedding within 29 days? Yes. Are you related? Oh, boy. They were not beating around the bush. Wait a second. You and have to be 18 lady- in Kentucky? What kind of horseshit is that? I think well, you have to be I mean, too. I think there's just more. I think it was like if you say yes, like then it's fine. If you say no, then they have more questions. That's your, you're confusing marriage with marital consent with oh, sexual. Consent. What's the age of consent in Kentucky? It's got to be like sixteen or something. Sixteen, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sixteen in New York. Well, the thing is, that's why that's when I that's why I had sex with uh, Kyle. Apparently, ah. it was legal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's also not that young. That guy's going to be 30, like, next year. <laughs> in his dreams. And you taught him, so that makes you very old. Chris Woody McDermott's hey. tuning in on the chat box, by the way. He uh, 
all caps, Queen's J.O. Sessions. Very excited for that. <laughs> Metal yeah, Rendezvous? And, and Chris Woody McDermott can say hi to my mom who taught at New Rochelle's high school. Wow. I didn't know that. Everything's coming together. Small world. Okay. Global village. you got to layer the slayer. Yeah. I think he might have done my mom. I don't know. <laughs> Is your mom hot? I forget. Eh, I mean, what year are we talking? I think she was like hitting on Champagne Jerry, right? Let's say so. Uh, or was it the other way around, my friend? Oh, because they're from Texas. It was definitely my mom. Yeah, it was definitely her. <laughs> I have photographic evidence to prove it. Right. I'm sure you do. Well, don't bring that up yeah. at the wedding. It's going to be awkward. All right, what? Uh, my mom trying to bang Champagne Jerry? Yeah. Or the photograph. Don't bring that up at the wedding. Especially since well, Champagne is Jerry's we- the talent at the wedding. He's the band. Oh, my real? God. I would kill for that. That'd He's be not. great. Why didn't you do that? I tried to get it from Meltasia. It never worked out. Really? Yeah. Did you talk to him? Did he answer you back? Uh, it was an anti-animal issue. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, Rob. You can't, I, you can't, go ahead. Can't pop every bottle, man. That's it, yeah, man. Can't pop every bottle. It's good to hear from you. Good luck to you. And uh, your phone connection is fantastic. Say hello to your uh, fiance for me. And I hope you have a great wedding. I wish I could be there. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> well, we'll send. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't think you'd come. No, so. I, w- I totally would not go. Yeah, that's what I thought. So you can still send a gift. Oh, I'm glad you thought. Yeah, where you registered? You actually thought about me for a second. Like, should I invite John? Oh, you know he did. Well, I mean, I so many of my like PRF family I wanted to invite, and Kelly was like, "You can have two. Like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll see the cell phones there, and we'll be thinking of you. Right. Maybe I'll call in. It's on a Friday night. Oh, call in during your wedding. That'd be great. I'll have somebody call in from the wedding. It probably won't be me, but maybe I'll get Elliot to call in from the wedding. Put, you put, can, uh, put the radio talk it up on the air. Put the radio show on the PA right when they ask if like anyone has any objections. Ceremony happens at sitcom. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Rob. Take care, man. Right. Good luck. Congrats, bud. Right. Take it easy, gentlemen. Right. Love you. Right. There's Rob Montage. The first registry I ever saw that was at a tattoo parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Rob also has a live from the barrage tattoo kind of. In a way. It's pretty amazing. It's crazy. So, and, uh, Don't worry. At the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking to Chips Enough. Yeah. Who is not from Louisville. He's from uh, the Chicago area, Illinois. Big prf And uh, we'll be talking to him. By the way, if you need uh, Rus- handmade Russian nesting dolls made, go to rock and roll. How do you pronounce it? Dolls.com. No, it's matra. Well, the website is actually rockandrolldolls.com. Well, Matroyska. Yeah, I have the business card in front of me. Oh, okay. Matroyska. Matroyska. Bizzietz. Don't say that in front of a Russian person. <laughs> I got these rock and roll uh, nesting dolls from, uh, and Tommy did not ask me to plug the show. I'm just doing it on my own. That um, I'm plug the show, plug uh, her business. She gave me these awesome uh, Ramones nesting dolls, and uh, I feel like I should plug it, her business, because Dude, it helps. I'm very happy with the product. I got to say, after posting it on Instagram, a bunch of people commented and started ordering, so it does help. Oh, yeah? Nice. <laughs> it's so that's, catch on. I yeah, think you will. That's www.rockandrolldolls.com, and she'll custom make, I guess, any kind of band you want in the nesting doll fashion. I was thinking of um, getting a shellac one mm-hmm. and making Steve the small one. Uh, like, it would be Todd Trainer. Trainer. It has to be the biggest. And then just like a, to D- insult Dave Weston. Yeah. I was going to get P-Funk. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to get the world's most dangerous band. P- I have a really long shelf. P-Funk's playing at BV Kings. You know how I know that? Because I saw it 10 years after at BV Kings the other night. Oh, wow. How did that happen? Rudy invited me to some uh, uh, cream. Rudy's a guy I play poker with. Uh, some cream show. And I was like, I can't go. I'm at work. And he's like, how about 10 years after on Tuesday night? I'm like, all right. I'll go to that. What are they selling? They were jamming, man. Um, Chick Corea was sick and he didn't make it. But... Sick Corea. I know it's Sick Korea. Korea. 
<laughs> Korea, Korea. So they were jamming. They were good. They had some young guy who's playing the Alvin Lee part because Alvin Lee is, can't do it because he's dead. And uh, turns out it's been hard. They got an old man playing not for bass. Lack of trying. This lefty bass player, uh, he's not in the original band either, but he's played with everybody, all those Woodstock bands and stuff. This guy is like, he looked like he was 85, and he was jamming. Mm. Jam. The original drummer, you know, he's a little, having a little hard time back there. <laughs> it was fun. I like. It was fun to watch Rudy go nuts. Like, the whole audience is turning around at BV Kings. Everyone's sitting at a table. Everyone's old. I'm, the, like, the youngest guy there. And they're turning around to look at Rudy because he's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's dancing. He's throwing fists. And he's clapping on the ones and threes in all the wrong spots and jumping up and down. It was pretty great. Are you hearing this, cuz? Are you hearing this, cuz? It was fun. It was a good time. Ten years after, cuz. <laughs> So I probably uh, shouldn't tell you guys this, but it's... So ten years after, ten years after. I saw them way... <laughs> way after. Way after. <laughs> Forty years after. <laughs> Should have went ten years before. Oh. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell you guys this, but it's my dad's 75th birthday this weekend. Oh, Chris Woody on the chat box. Sorry, uh, Tommy. Yes, he was ripping. The, the, the guy did a good job. He, he, was, he was... You know, he's no Alvin Lee, but he, he did a good job. Kid was, kid was on point. Go ahead, Thomas. No, it's my it's my dad's seventy fifth birthday this weekend. Happy birthday, Mister Rockstar! Yeah, mm. we're gonna celebrate this week. Go to a nice pizzeria, sit down, have a slice. I am aged. <laughs> I never age. Never age. I was beaten. By a Dude, seventy five. That's pretty old, man. That's, At the age of nineteen. Right, Tommy's dad was bitten by a radioactive spider. I thought. <laughs> I was beaten at the age he's, of 75. He's going to be 75? Yeah, man. Yeah. I have eternal aches and pain. Here's to another 175,000 years, Mr. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, uh, dodge those wooden stakes, pal. You'll get her. You'll, you'll, you'll do it. You'll it's tough it. at my age. That's funny. He was installing a fence with wooden stakes just the other week. Why couldn't I have been beaten by a <laughs> bat at 38? Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous installation for a vampire. <laughs> he was. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> With those stakes, I only put up television antennas. I'm not even kidding. Under he, cover he, of did, night. he did do it at night because he, <laughs> he had to work all day. He had to work all day. And he started the project late at night. <laughs> I climb up onto the roof. <laughs> Home Depot delivers <laughs> all night. I have a fiberglass extension. <laughs> That I used to climb to the roof. He was like, I need a zoning variance <laughs> under the cover. He's like setting up floodlights all around the neighbor's fucking perimeter. Floodlights. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say bloodlights. <laughs> floodlights keeps the werewolves out of my fence and the dogs out of my yard. No, but he had to like get up at I have six. To cover in the my eyes with the cape he had when I come in at six in the morning. So he was sensor. adamant about getting it done before the sun came up. And I, I was am like, adamant about getting this done. LEDs do not affect. <laughs> <laughs> and they're good for the environment too. Technology, what the wonder? <laughs> what is it? Where is he installing the fence on Long Island? Yeah, like around the perimeter of his ha castle, house, house. <laughs> I'm digging a moat. <laughs> There is no basement in Levittown. I cannot buy that. I need the dark tank. Well, he has a basement, but I'm, I'm like, usually don't go down there. It's a little scary. Like, don't go down to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daddy-o. <laughs> don't you want to go? I don't want to go. I just remember being a kid and always being That is where I keep my coffin. 
You remember being a kid and what? Always being terrified to go down to the basement. Yeah, you know? oh, well, you know, that's Dracula. That's her. <laughs> that scare me too. <laughs> Don't go down there. I have these boards with nails. I left. I clean it up tomorrow. That's where I keep my Playboy. <laughs> 1975 Playboy magazine. Don't open my special cabinet of mystery. <laughs> I have Playboy from 1710. Dude, I was born in 1975, and it got me thinking, like, what happens if, like, someone rang the, the bell while my dad was, like, banging my mom, and they just never Ring had me? Ring the bell! I, I just never would have been born. I wish I would have. If I, if I had the means, I would pull some strings at the USPS. <laughs> pull the strings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I need somebody down there. Yeah. At Mr. and Mrs. Rockstar's house. In 1975. That's R-O-U-M-L-A-T-C. But be careful. I heard tell of their dad being a vampire. <laughs> you never heard tell of the boot? <laughs> Apologies to Gilbert Gottfried, as always. Thank you, Gilbert. Great bit. Good, um, Gilbert movie coming out. I'm Pat. expecting a passage. It's a documentary. You see that? I'm sorry, honey. I really need to get this. <laughs> Amazon Prime. I got my fake fangs for Halloween. <laughs> they keep pulling me back in. Open the package. Pull this three. Fugue in D minor. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I have to get this. You entertain yourself with one of the records out of my hi-fi. <laughs> Look at my lava lamp. Here's Look a at it. Mint condition monster mash. <laughs> Dude, my man. It is a graveyard. Why was banging Halloween music? <laughs> oh, it's Christmas time, asshole. Shut up and get in the bed. It's a graveyard smash. <laughs> I'm not paying you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I take direction from one person under protest. For two, I don't sit still. My parents. And what are you doing in there? I'm not used to having more than one person in there. I gunk for more words. We know from a you. farm in Transylvania. You go. <laughs> My parents met this at a. This is a lot of shit. <laughs> My parents met at a bank. You actually. show me how to emphasize in in, in July, and I'll. Buy it your neck. <laughs> I'll go copy. down on your neck. My parents met at a bank because my mom used to be a teller in a bank and my dad had like a little coffee shop and he would go in there. And I like to tell people things. <laughs> what is it? A blood bank. You're a teller and I'm a listener. <laughs> they met at the blood bank. They met at a blood bank. <laughs> I like being told what to do. <laughs> you are a teller from what I understand. First blood yes, bank. I am here to uh, give Romania. blood. Yes, I want you to tell me to put up a fence in the middle of the night. Are these lollipops free? Yeah, Tommy's calling an Uber. <laughs> this so, is a sticker. So, Tommy, your parents met at a bank? They did. My mom was, mom teller, was the teller. And my dad and had... Your dad was Pendulet. <laughs> 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 so I think we have the same brain, dude. It's fucked up. Scared is scary. We should stop hanging out. With hey, I got a, I got a listener uh, chiming in saying uh, they can't stream it. Uh, you guys know anything about uh, streaming issues over there? Everything look, yeah. looking good, good on my end. Uh, I told him to restart. Yeah. So. I'll ask call, the chat box. Yeah, tell him call 1-800-RADIO-NOPE. <laughs> Talk to the IT department. No, I got everything going uh, good here. I'll ask the chat box. And I'll try to get some crowdsourcing going. <laughs> yeah, <guys>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were. My dad had a coffee shop on 23rd I'm Street. I'm into crowdsourcing now <laughs> and blogging, too. Our, cu our customer service is located in Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, what seems to be the issue? 
<laughs> Have you tried unplugging it and plugging You know, every time in? I just I call, I want to get somebody from America, and then now you're on the phone. Do you want to even understand English? I love the New York Mets. Sir, I, I speak English. How about that Cinderella? You. Have you tried unplugging and plugging it back in? <laughs> Leave it for 30 seconds. Plug the string. I'm still on the line. Unplug the string. <laughs> it doesn't go away in a week. Do you have Give access a to call. a ballpoint pen? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reset button. It's very small. Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. <laughs> Their honeymoon was Eight, up. six, seven... Six five Transylvania six five thousand. <laughs> Their okay. honeymoon is they got into my dad's sports car and they they kind of went around the country like a like a tour. What if you turn car? it over, can you read me the model number? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the, the serial number. In the back. No, that is the serial number. I demanded the model number. <laughs> Don't lose the fob. Please punch the model number into your phone. I will wait a half an hour. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still on the line. Yes. yes. I'm always here. Yeah, they had like a black station wagon. That was the car they used to drive around in. It was cool. Hold down the two buttons at the same time for approximately 12 seconds. <laughs> Telemarketer Dracula is always on the line. Never, he's undead. He's a, I am on the line. I I'm the undead. Telemarketer. Stay on as long as you want. I will be on forever. I'm just trying to make a few more shekels this century. <laughs> No one's answering me. Shackle. 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 I don't know why he's using shackles. <laughs> I figured I'd make a little bit of extra coin on the side. <laughs> Maybe it'll save up for a nice castle next century. The down payment is out late. Under the table. <laughs> Off the books. Please don't tell the tax man. <laughs> They're killing me. I'm filing this. <laughs> It's a very sticky situation. Ten ninety nine, folks. I'm an independent contractor. I, I, I lost it. I can't do it anymore. I'm trying to think. If my dad's actually ever been to Transylvania. He probably has. You know, like he's been backpacking through Europe in the fifties and shit. How about you? Have you? I have not been in Romania. He's no. like Mario, your dad. At this winner get beat by a bat. Are you saying my dad's Mario? <laughs> We're saying Mario's Igor. <laughs> he's backpacking through Transylvania. That's what my dad had a friend named Igor when he when I was growing up. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> he did. He used to hang uh, out <laughs> my family's house upstate. Was he all hunched over and stuff? Here's the Barney Rubble to he my never... friend. To my bowling friend, Igor <laughs> from <laughs> Sayerville. We, we were in the Vampire Bat Lodge together. <laughs> hey, Igor, what do you say we push on for next village and go get beer? <laughs> what was that guy's name? Igor Stravinsky Str- 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 or Stravinsky or something like that? Derek Stravinsky? No, no, no. <laughs> we could make it there before sundown. Did you have a son named Derek? No, this guy used to make like wooden clocks, and he used to <laughs> come over and like sell. Like, yeah, my dad all these like that wooden clocks. And then that damn quartz movement came in. Time means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. Igor had to move back home. Right, we should take a break before Chips and Up comes on, right? Yeah. Or live in his mother's outbuilding. <laughs> because of the quartz movement. Bob on the on the chat box wants to know if you if uh, Uncle Renfield ever came over. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple uncles, but they were just kind of like these big old hairy dudes, and they never really... <laughs> big old hairy dudes? Yeah, That's weird like... that you know that like they were hairy. They had like long hair and oh. just, you know... Oh, oh. Creatures of the night. So Creatures like of... Paul these are my denizens of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Creatures of the night, Paul Stanley. It's the cover band. <laughs> cover version. <laughs> Denizens of the evening. There was a whole gang of people just hanging out when I was yeah. there. It was cool. It's Lick. Lick it up. Staten Island's <laughs> premier kiss cover band. 
this Wednesday at Mulcahy's. Here is our promotion of that Mulcahy. Underneath the railroad track. Immediately following Slippery When Wet. Enough's Enough and the Bullet Boys. Tonight. The boys are great. Uh, enough's Enough. Uh, Chip's Enough coming in at 9 o'clock. He's going to be calling in. We'll talk to him. We're going to be calling him. About Enough's Enough and a million other things. Yeah, we're going to be calling him. That's yeah, right. Exactly. I'm going to take his number with me so I can call and him on the ride home, too. I just got <laughs> we won't be broadcasting that interview. <laughs> I just got confirmation from our guest. He goes, quote, I'm ready. All right, yeah. man. Cool. All right. So let's take a break, and we'll call Chips Enough in about uh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Is that yeah. cool? We'll take a soft 15. We'll take a soft 15, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Don't forget, it's Radio Nope, uh, Live from the Barrage. She on Radio Nope, Live from the Barrage. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Radio Nope. Um, <laughs> don't forget to go to NY Selfix. <laughs> NY what? NY Selfix. We can come to you. Your satisfaction is our top priority. Leave off the last last X. Fast affordable repairs. That's six four six two seven six four one four six. What's that number again? Six four six two seven six four one four six. Stop it. Ah. and say the, c- the They fix your cell phones. They fix your, They fix my phone. These guys are great. Yeah. And Mar- right. mention Mario for 15% off. 15% off. You mentioned Mario Asaro. <laughs> and uh, that's right next to Shoe Village on 162nd Street. Thank you very much. Cross from Rain And Busy B. You can get yourself a fake ID. Yeah, back after this, Mikey. Here's J Zone. Stoned on grass. Now that's out of
Guys singing over there. <laughs> oh, Kansas Stream! <laughs> Internet radio show, TV screen. That would do them for free. <laughs> Gonna take a pleasure. Oh, Kansas Stream! We're having a great time here on Live from the Raj here on Radio Nope. We're back, and um, I'm gonna try to call Chips enough. What do you think of that? I'm gonna t- let me turn this volume down. Expose his number. How do I get out the number? Me, 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 no, I got it. Hey, the hey Paul, how about some dialing music? <laughs> <laughs> dialing phone. Dialing phone. Got to make a call. Got to call you up. Yeah, call. Yeah, time to phone. Me, me, me. Dialing that phone. Yeah. All right. So let's see if we can call Chips enough right here. Chips enough of the band. Enough's enough. He's nice enough the, to do an interview with us he's today. Turn to Van Morrison dialing a phone. Hello. Hello. This is Kissel. <laughs> yes, Chip. Hey, Chip. It's John Houlihan from Live from the Barrage. How you doing, man? I mean, how are you, buddy? Good to, good to hear your voice. Oh, hey. thanks, man. It's good to hear you, too. I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, yeah. I'm with the uh, Rolling Stones production. I'm going to go outside and I can talk to you, okay? All right, cool. Yeah, take your time. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Hang on, buddy. Hang on. All right. You're on the air. Okay, you're doing good? Are you back outside? Can I put... Can you hear me pretty good, buddy? Yeah, I can hear you, okay? Uh, Can I put... You're on the air. Is that all right? Or do you need a... Absolutely. Do you need a minute? All right, cool. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good for my age. I just uh, finished up my show. I, I get up in the morning at four in the morning, go on to NBC, and I do the Man Cow Show ah. for the Loop, which is the number one rock station in the country. Yeah, and uh, it was a good day today. You know, got a chance to talk to Gene Simmons about wow. his vault set and uh, hang out with a couple of porn stars. So it's been a good day so far. <laughs> so wait, you do a show uh, on the man? He has a channel, Man Cow Channel. Uh, man Cow is a famous DJ in Chicago. Is that right? That's that's correct. And he's got a show on the Loop. Ninety-seven point nine. Right. Uh, he's on Friday week, and we start at five in the morning. So I'm down at NBC, where the show is housed. Oh man! About four thirty. It's a tough. You know, every day is a tough day. I've been in all week too. And we, you know, we interviewed uh, Julian Lennon. We had Paul Stanley out. We had Gene Simmons on. Nice. Nice and cheap trick. That's been a nice week. It's cheap trick. Must have been fun to interview. Is that your favorite band of all time? Or that close? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I do love them. We're I fi- always compared to Cheap Trick, That's and we both have about the same amount of music out. We both bands have about twenty albums out of not more. And uh, up a respect, I love Robbie. In the early days, Robbie come over and pick up my daughter, and for the weekend, and take him out with his kids. And babysit. I thought that was pretty nice. That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, I go back. I go. Yeah, I go back with Trick. Since, uh, 
Yeah, well, you're, uh, mid eighties. Yeah, so you're 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 a, a, a Illinois guy, and they're Illinois guys too, right? So. Yeah, when they first came out, their their whole thing was they were from France. <laughs> they didn't want anybody to know they're an Illinois band, and that was the. Did they speak in that? Was their uh, shtick? And then, of course, soon they got a little bit popular, and everybody started talking about, "Hey, those guys live in Rockford, Illinois." <laughs> That's a great shtick. We're t- by the way, we're talking to Chips Enough, just for the audience, in case you uh, are not unsure of uh, what's going on here. Chips Enough of the famous band uh, Enough's Enough, legendary guy all around. Hey, Chip. Rock, it's, Thanks for doing it, Chip. Yeah, it's your buddy Tommy Rockstar, man. Uh, how are you, bud? I'm pretty good for my age right now. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great year for Enough's Enough. Where, where are you? Uh, where are you? Around the country. We started out with Kiss, and we went out with Ace Freely for a couple of months, and... Did, uh, did three or four weeks over in Europe, and I've been playing shows all over the place, and uh, I'm very excited that uh, we still get a chance to work and go out and play shows and put records out. What's it like touring with Kiss? Is it like all business, or or can you guys party? Do you? No, you... frankly, well, we, I got lucky because I've shared management. Doc McGee was enough enough's manager in right. the early days, back in '88, '89, when we first signed with Atlantic Atlantic Records, and uh, Doc McGee, along with a guy named Bob Brigham. Uh, were the guys that were, you know, uh, in, in charge of Enough's Enough. And that's when we really had the most success. When MTV was playing videos back then, and we had a couple of hits, and uh, the band really uh, they catapulted and went to the next level. And from playing clubs in Chicago for 20 people, we started playing uh, arenas and opening up for big bands. What and uh, they really set the tone for Enough's Enough, and I've been chasing that damn carrot for the last 25 yeah, years. <laughs> well, we appreciate your uh, your stick-to-itiveness. Did you, um, with the other bands who were, like, from L.A. and everything, and you guys were on the Chicago circuit, did they kind of, like, give you a hard time or look down on you or give you give you crap for, you know, ah, they're not from L.A., they don't know what's going on or something? You know, you know what I'm saying? We certainly didn't care what they thought because when we, grew, when we put the band together, Donnie and I, back in 1984, we just our our goal was just to make great records, and in the same vein as bands like uh, Zeppelin and Squeeze and Queen and Mata Hoople and Bowie, we just wanted to make records that sonically would be strong like that with really good songwriting. Do you feel? And you know, after writing a couple hundred songs, we finally got uh, a chance to meet a guy who put us into a studio in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Uh, called Royal Recorders, very famous studio. Everybody was was tracking over there. And uh, the Monster Rock were coming through town, and we were recording. We were just playing live in the studio, basically, but we were recording a two-inch. So there was analog recordings, and I think that uh, we, we captured a little um, magic right there just by, you know, trial and error all the years recording at my bedroom and then going into a studio. Uh, we had we had some uh, experience, and I think that helped us a lot. Sure. Did you prefer? As far as the other bands go, jealousy or not, um, bands in Chicago really weren't looking out for each other back then. I remember on our first demos, we went to Rick Nielsen. They were playing a show backstage. Uh, we were at um, the Limelight in Chicago, and I snuck back with a cassette tape. Cassettes were big back then, and I said, Rick. Here's a cassette tape. I'm in a band called Enough Snuff. We'd love you to produce a record. And he goes, yeah, let me, I'll take a listen to it. And he never said anything. And then, lo and behold, a couple of years later, we were discovered by uh, Derek Shulman, the singer from General Giant, who had his own imprint. Wow. Uh, he was at Polygram. He signed Bon Jovi and uh, Cinderella. And he heard our demo 
Doc gave him our demo because Doc was in the studio at Lake Geneva recording with Skid Row. And uh, we gave him some stuff. And Doc said, I got three cassettes in my car, Chip. Two of them are your band. I said, oh, great, bro. He goes, I got a guy who I think would really be interested in hearing these songs. And he gave it to Derek Showman and Derek ended up signing the band. And Rick Nielsen missed out on making some money right there because uh, <laughs> he would have got a couple of points on the record. And that record went gold. And what? Definitely would have gave a little credibility as a producer, but hey, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. What what year was they, this? Uh, they chance in life, and sometimes with that risk comes great rewards. Yeah, and for us, it was good because we got a chance to do the record ourselves, so we didn't have to give Nielsen any money. Nice, and uh, we still made a great record without him. What what year was this when you uh, were quote unquote discovered? Uh, we were discovered in nineteen eighty eight. In uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, it was during Skid Row making their debut record. You know, Tapa was in the studio. Adrian Blue and the Bears were there. Yeah. Uh, James Addiction, nothing shocking. A lot of different bands were recording and or mixing their records at the studio. So in your in your A beautiful hybrid recording studio, and, and it's no longer there. It's Al Jurgensen from Ministry bought all the equipment and took it with them to <laughs> Texas. In your guys' mind, when you were coming up with all these bands like Cinderella and Skid Row and stuff, and they were your peers. You must have thought, like, you know, you were going to be just as famous as, like, say, Motley Crue and Poison and all these things. Not that you really weren't, but I'm saying you didn't achieve maybe the height of success as some of these other glam bands and everything. And uh, are you bitter about it? And is was that something that, like, was a huge disappointment to you? No, I'm really not bitter. I'm grateful. I, I Look, I, look, my brother's bitter. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, he's disillusioned by business, and uh, he's had some health issues, and that's why he split in 2013 uh but he 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 doesn't know anybody anything he dedicated his life to enough's enough in the early days and i think one day if if we're lucky he's one of the greatest singers of our generation he's just an amazing talent you know Uh, that being said though we we weren't bitter at all uh we were pissed off because we knew that we deserved better yeah we had a wonderful opportunity and uh, we found ourselves uh, in the midst of uh, all the debauchery that goes along with that 80s stuff, you know, in, in Sesame Street terms. <laughs> Tons of cocaine. We did more cocaine than Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say, your career is nothing we, we, to sneeze we, at. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we, were with more, we were with more women than Johnny Depp and, and all the Motley Crue and all the bands. Right. We were out of control. The inmates were on the asylum, even though we had great management. Was it, was it, it was a really fun ride. Was it crazy and like still this? still going. It's just that there's only one of us left. <laughs> was it crazy like this all the time uh, back then? I mean, like on a nightly yeah, basis? Yeah, every single day. When wow. I got it, when I pulled it, when I flew into Los Angeles for the first time to meet Doug Morris and the people over Atlantic Records, we were signed to ADCO Atlantic. Um, the first thing the girls said when we got the airplane was, uh, don't sleep with any girls at the Rainbow uh, <laughs> because they've slept with every other rock star and you'll uh, look really bad if you walk out of the the venue was uh, holding their hands. You take so we, we were at, right away. They tried to put handcuffs on us, and then they put us up at the Oakwoods on Barham, which is five minutes from L.A. Uh, in the city. Sure. And uh, we lived there, and we started recording our record. We were over one on one for about a, two weeks, and then we got kicked out of there because uh, Allison Chains was coming in for their record, and we went over to a place called Music Grinder, and we and we finished the re- recording. But most of the recording. The basic tracks were all recorded in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and then we just went to Los Angeles for extracurricular stuff, meeting the label and and trim, 
Chip, you were talking about like bands looking out for each other in Chicago. This is Tommy, by the way. Um, we all kind of know what it, the scene was like in L.A. in the 80s, but what was the scene like for glam rock and rock and roll in Chicago in the 80s? Uh, we had uh, yeah, quite a few bands, actually, that were uh, causing a little scene. It was more of those pop and it was long, uh, alternative, before alternative, of course. And uh, some of the bands on the top of my head, Urge Overkill, they yep. were doing yep. pretty good. They were just starting to come out of the box. They were playing clubs along with us. Um uh, material issue. Jim Ellison, oh. late Jim, Jim Ellison, great songwriter. Great he was uh, out there. Ministry was doing their thing, of course. Uh, and then we, you know, the Big Brothers were cheap trick, obviously. But mm. uh, there wasn't a ton of glam stuff. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, right now, you got me at a time where uh, you know I'm a little disembodied. I'm around a bunch of women. <laughs> Shocker! Uh, it's hard for me to think of all the bands that were out there, but there was a scene out there. But nobody was sticking. Nobody was uh, helping each other out. Everybody was out for themselves. Did you get? And rightly so. It was a tough scene, and there was only so many places you could play. And we, we just everybody was hoping that a record company would r- discover them. And it took a long time. It, it, I think for any band back then in Chicago, uh, what it takes is for you to get out of town and go play other places and meet new people, right. and then you get a chance. Oops. And that's what, exactly what we did. We went to Lake Geneva, we went did our record, ran to Doc McGee, and Doc was influential in procuring a deal for Enough's Enough. So we didn't really need the help of anybody else. It's the fans that speak back then, too. It was the people. If you played good shows live and left a good impression, you get a second chance. Before, before and that's what we did. Before we had you guys shows every single night when we played, and we, and we and we showed up there like none of the other bands. We had make up the lipstick. We were glammed out beyond belief. Real glitter rock. Yeah, more, like, like you guys were super glammed up. Like, like you, you guys were glammed up. To be more like beyond any other glam band. I, that that was around. I remember seeing the video come on because I, I, you know, I'm 42, so I was a Poison fan in high school and stuff, and I was like, man, these guys are really pushing the envelope. I loved it. <laughs> and we certainly were, and we weren't ashamed of that whatsoever, but we knew that when you put a record on a turntable or um, you turn the radio on, you didn't see chicks shaking their asses in smoke machines. You just heard the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were different than the other bands because Johnny and I were writing great songs, and that's all we did every day. The one thing that we took serious that we didn't play games with and never second-guessed anything was the songwriting. And we recorded all the songs in my bedroom, and I lived in Blue Island, Illinois, which I still live there now. Nice. And I had a place on 2231 Prairie, and Donnie and I, we, uh, we had no money or anything. We had no electricity, so we does. Donnie was an electrician, so he snuck uh, into the hallways, and we'd hook up electric into the hallways. And at 11 o'clock, when the, when the hallway lights would go on, that's when you have electric. And uh, we'd record all our stuff there. And then we eventually, those demos are what Derek Shulman heard. And uh, he heard New Thing and Fly Michelle and Baby Loves You and all them early songs. And uh, she wants more and in the groove. And that tripped his trigger. And he said, you know what? You guys have something special here. And then we were lucky enough to get to Lake Geneva Studio Royal Recorders to open up their doors for us at 1 or 2 in the morning. And the management company was living their life vicariously through the band. In other words, uh, i.e., they wanted to trim and they wanted cocaine as right. well. <laughs> so we, we, have the local, we have the local drug dealer come by with an ounce of cocaine and some booze, and uh, we record from 2 to 7 in the morning. 
Right. You made and that's him, how we wait, did that whole first record. You made him stop at the liquor store before he came <laughs> over? That's awesome. <laughs> we never made him do anything. They just, they would just show up there. They wanted to be a part of the party. That's it. Yeah. What and, about uh, that's an easy way to get in? What as a- I said, they, and, uh, they, that was a great, a great entrance. They show up there with the party favors and would be recording the songs. And we bashed out through all these songs. We probably did about 30 songs in the studio and then, Doc McGee took the took the demo and, and gave it to the record company and and the label loved it and uh, we went back in and started tweaking everything up and it was it was that it was that and we finished the record and uh, the next thing was to make friends and this business that we're in called the music business back then was uh, predicated on friendships and relationships and and we're nice guys and we like people and yeah. we wanted and we wanted some help and we were interested in going out and spreading our wings and. We thought that we could be the biggest band in the world. Sure. And, uh, and if you're not, if you're a band, you got to want it 24 hours a day, and you got to really believe in yourself. And we did. That's where the cocaine comes in. You, you don't have to sleep. <laughs> so what about the party? Yeah, well, the good thing did about you, the you, cocaine I, was the only guy that didn't do it was me. The rest oh, yeah. of the guys smoked more pot than Cheech and Chong. But <laughs> I, I, I wasn't dabbling in extracurricular activities because I knew that. Sooner or later, the record company would want to talk to the band, and there had to be one of us that could be coherent. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, guilt by default. Okay, I got lucky, and the people, obviously the label um, liked me a little bit, and they loved the songs, and we were able to develop some friendships and relationships during that time, and uh, that led us to getting some video shot and a budget and getting a chance to go out on tour and playing these great songs that Donnie and I have written. What about the party and now? Do, have you slowed down at all? Uh, or is, is there any part of that party that's taken its toll in your life now that you regret? And, you know, uh, no, I, I think, I think we're still burning the candle at both ends. There's still yeah. a wish there. You go to shows um, now, like they, let's say, let's say you play a show now. He's constantly playing. And, and it's, it's still like a crazy party. And I, I saw a picture of you on Instagram. And there's like two chicks with their tops off and stuff. I'm like, man, these guys are still freaking doing it. You know, they're still hanging out and partying. I wonder yeah, what's going on. As my grandfather would say, old habits are hard to break. So yeah, they're still, uh, <laughs> they're still trimming the shows. And, uh, you know, now the only change right now for us is either we're flying or we're on a van because, yeah. uh, you know, a tour bus costs a thousand bucks a day. It's oh, impossible. Yeah. That's crazy. Fuck that. No, that's record. We're signed to a label right now. We have a great label called Frontiers, uh, but they don't give us tour support to go out there. It's just like you find your own. We have an agency called Artists Worldwide. They book the shows and give you uh, guarantee. You know, these, and... the, Kiss, the Kiss Cruise that I did with them, the four shows of Kiss, it was through a, uh, a Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley seen me at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp and said, "Hey, Chip, you want you guys want to play with us at?" Uh, on the Kiss Cruise, and I said, I'd love to, Paul. Pretty cool. Phone cool. right in front of me and says, yeah, uh, enough's enough. Put him on the bill. Awesome. And then from there, two weeks later, I got a call from a friend of mine saying, hey, Ace Freely's interested in uh, having you out on tour. You want to go out and play with Ace? I said, I love Ace. I've known him since the old days when he was all jacked up on everything. <laughs> and, uh, but we got along great. We were both seeing uh, uh, these two chicks out in New York, and um, and Ace was out of control then, and so was I with the trim. I was drinking more daiquiri than you could imagine. Huh? And I said, uh, yeah, uh, I, this could be a nice little thing. So Ace said, how's the band doing? I said, we're doing great. He goes, you want to go out in 26 days? I said, call me in. So we got in the van on you know, January 12th of this year and went on tour and did a couple of months of Ace, and there was tons of acts on the tour. But uh, Ace was clean and not doing anything, and because I'm fronting enough's enough, 
Right. Uh, I made sure I cut down on my intake of smoking pot. Yeah. So I was good every single night, and I could sing the songs and remember all the words. Your voice and, sounds uh, raspy now. Uh, your, your voice sounds raspy now talking to you, but listening to you sing on the even the later albums, your voice sounds pretty great. I appreciate it. Look, look all my favorite singers, you know, whether it's uh, Freddie Mercury or uh, uh, Guy in Bad Company, uh, Paul Rogers. You know, all the great singers, they have more, most of them, those, those guys all smoke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you still smoking cigarettes? Smoking, they drank it and everything. Why would I change what, the, what my idols do? Right. You know, I've been through with the blow because I knew that that wouldn't be, that wouldn't, it just wasn't my cup, cup of tea. I didn't want to embarrass my mother and father. <laughs> and I figured if I don't try it, I'll be okay and I won't yeah. miss anything. Right. But everything else, I, I've, I've got a chance to, to be alert. I get up every single morning to radio shows from the early days. I get on all the morning shows because I knew people would be driving to work. My band would just be going to bed, and I'd be going to the radio station and, and doing yeah. interviews and playing acoustic guitar and get, doing the songs and just keeping it alive. I, nothing in my life was more important than enough enough being successful. It's got to be tough uh, singing in the band all the time and then doing the radio show and then talking. I mean, how does your voice hold up? How do you, you know, I, if I sing one night... With my band, like the next night, I'm like, ah, crap, I can't talk do it. for a know? week. Yeah, it's, it, I don't understand how you could do it. And then smoking the cigarettes well, the whole time, I've been like me. For 30, I've been singing for 35 years at least, you know, all these records. And um, I just, uh, a lot of prayers, bro. That's, <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but it's the truth. Right. Uh, pray, uh, praying uh, brings a lot of stability to your life. Are you a religious man? And so. And uh, and it's not like I'm a religious fanatic or anything, but I say prayers, and I get up there every single night, and I mm-hmm. play a great show. And I, you know, a lot of these people that come out and see enough snuff show, or for any rock band for that matter, you know, it's about a celebration of life. And these guys, these songs that were written, some of these people heard for the first time when they fell in love, or they, the first time they got laid, or the first time they got high. Yeah. And I want to bring that experience back to them, and that's what it's about. Do you, do you see a lot of hardcore Enough's Enough fans like showing up to the gigs from uh, you know the old days? Like you said, they just got it was the first one they got laid to. And do you have any new fans that you see showing up? Oh, absolutely! Uh, every single night, there's the old fans always show up there because they want to see what Enough's Enough is still about. And, mm-hmm. and the East Freely tour, uh, every show was completely sold out, and it was a good. 2,500 to 3,000 people every single night the shows, and they were blown away. We wow. ran to a lot of new fans, and a lot of the fans, the older fans that come out, they bring their kids. And their kids right. are 18, 19 years old now, and they're feeling the band. They like what mom and dad did. And if you think about what our parents did, my mom and dad, when I was a young kid, they'd have Black Sabbath playing, yeah. or, uh, or, you know, uh, old bands. They, they put on their, the old, you know, Early, early Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And Wait a second, is your parents? seeps into your blood. That doesn't. The timeline doesn't really make sense. And my, pa- I'm 42. My parents are listening to like, uh, you know, Judy in the Sky and Blue Shoes, and they were like, "Oh, drugs? No, thank you." You know, <laughs> I, uh, maybe my pa- my parents are a little older. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my my parents are pretty cool. They were. Uh, I lost my mom uh, in January. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but we were super close and you know, just a, an extraordinary woman. And she turned me on to like Stevie Wonder and uh, you know, Tom Jones. And, nice. That's uh, awesome. And, Blue, and uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And the old man, he was more into the heavy stuff. So Steppenwolf nice. and Black Sabbath and, man, and you... Pink Floyd and Zeppelin stuff. And I just, those songs, just those, those bands never, never left me. I put that And in... uh, for, I'm speaking for Donnie too as well. You know, we were diehard Beatles fans. 
Right. And we loved Queen, and we loved all the English stuff, The Who, and anything that was over the pond, my, uh, David Bowie. Those are the bands that tripped our trigger, and that's the bands we were competing against when we were putting these records out. I we, wish... we wanted to make songs and, and records with strongest old artists. You got very lucky. My, my dad was like, I got to go and feed them hogs. <laughs> he wasn't playing me no Led Zeppelin. He's like, I, I, give me a smack in the mouth. I put that on for my kids. and I put on The Ocean the other night for my kids. Yeah. I don't even know if they heard it. They and were I, just like zoned out, I, not I listening to every, it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My dad listened to like Johnny Mathis and stuff like that, because yeah. I think he was trying to get laid, to be honest with you. <laughs> Tony Orlando. Yeah, Johnny. Well, one time Johnny Mathis was huge. A great songwriter, by the way. There's nothing yeah. wrong with him. No, yeah. Uh, you, guys came from, you guys came from a different era, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Those yeah. artists that you just mentioned, those are all great songwriters with wonderful songs and they're, that are timeless. Yeah. It's just the times have changed right now. And uh, and the generation that we're in right now, it's, it's much different, okay? Yeah. Uh, there's sure not is. the respect of artists anymore. The, yeah. the history of the music is not being fully flogged out to the masses. Well, no it, one really talks about it. In the old days, when a record would come out, we'd be like, oh, man, we got to go get this record. Next week, the new Pat Travers is out, or sure, I remember week, that. Whoever the band would be, and you'd be excited about going to get that record exactly. and playing it. And nowadays, the new thing is streaming. People are stealing you stuff. Think. That's why I think the old-fashioned way of for any artist that's listening to this program right now, if you want to be successful, you better go out there and make a great record, and then get out in the street and take it to the road and meet people and sell your records at the shows. And maybe there'll be a producer or artist, uh, a director out there, somebody that's going to help you with a movie or a soundtrack or a TV show or a commercial to help brand the band's name. And then you, you'll have a chance to be successful. I feel bad for the new bands out there, but I just told you what exactly you need to do, the template you need to take if you want to be successful in this business without having any money. And that's getting your music out there, making the record, finding a band that'll take you out on tour, going out and hitting the road yourself and doing those four elements of to make your songs uh, be become popular, and you have to brand yourself nowadays. I don't care if it's a, a car commercial or doing a lipstick thing, you know. But a movie, a soundtrack, a TV show, a commercial—that's going to help uh, elevate your perception. You got to license your music nowadays, and that's your best bet right there. What and music? Don't give away is, your publishing. Own the songs. What music is out right now? I'm sorry, Pat. That um, that you like, and in the mainstream. Nothing. Nothing. I'm living in the past. Right. Yeah. Listen, there's bands out there that I absolutely adore. They're, uh, the struts are great. Yeah, they're great like, bands. Like a, a, a miniature queen. They're terrific. Well, let me just like get that band from San Diego, Louis the Fourteenth. I think they're great, but you know they got a couple records out, and you don't hear anything about them anymore. I got to ask you this: um, when, when, Royal Blood's uh, a decent band too, but I'm not going to give you any band plugs that right. because there's no rock and roll out there that I hear all the time. I'm on a classic rock station. And we're playing ACDC and Queen and Bon yeah. Jovi and all the bands that we came out with. Well, when so, you talk about this, uh, you know, this, for this, me this... to grab on something, a brand new band, say this is a new thing, it's, it, I can't because there's nothing out there like that. Are you guys putting out a physical no, product? Are you putting out records? Are you putting out vinyl? Like when you talk about the old days of being excited to go buy a record, or, or are you now just a slave to the digital because of the money? I mean, not because of the money, because it's easier for people to download it, and you know they're going to anyway. Or are you guys putting out tapes, putting out vinyl? Or do you have products to sell at the? Do you have uh, you know music merch at the show? Of course, one template that hasn't changed for me is 
And I, being hungry like I was a long time ago and being huge, you know, let's face it, I'm, I'm a growing man right now. That chance is difficult, but I don't give up. I still think there's gas in the tank of enough, enough car. And I go out, I put the music, I write songs for myself. And if they trip my trigger, then maybe you guys will dig them as well. Right. That's the best way any artist can do. Write the music and play the songs that you enjoy doing and the rest will follow. And you'll get laid and you'll have action. <laughs> and if you want to get high, you'll be able to do that too. Whatever you, all those things, those elements will come into play once you make a great record and record some good songs. And don't just get in the business to make it successful and make money because there's nothing to be made really right now unless you do those things I mentioned to you before. Well, it's like, a typical business. We're at a time right now, guys, where there's, there's too much product and not enough demand. Yeah. And if you do what you do great and you write and you make the good decisions, you'll have a chance to have a career. But for a lot of the new bands out there, it's really a difficult chance success makes sense well tying into that give you bad like that but i'm i want to tell the truth to all the musicians out there play guitar get on the drums and beat those tools of ignorance sing your ass off (laughs) don't expect anything except tripping your own trigger right well you mentioned uh uh, songwriting earlier and 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 you know the the power of of a good song transcending anything um contemporary uh, folks, it seems like uh, they're not doing uh, as much of their own writing. It seems to have been farmed out. But you've also, you've had success with uh, uh, writing songs for contemporary artists. Well, we just put the songs out, and if people want to record them, that's, uh, we're very flattered. That's great. And, you know, the Wild Hearts or Nelson or Swirl Sweet 60, there's bands out there that have recorded our songs, the Tuesdays. You know, back in 1990, you brought up a, good, uh, a point that I want to mention to you, um, because it, you don't always hit home runs in this business when you got the opportunities. And, and case in point You're right here, me. in 1994, we were signed to Clive with Clive Davis's label. It was Arista Records at the time. Mm-hmm. And our, we did a great record with uh, Nigel Green, who did all the Def Leppard stuff with uh, Mutt Lang. And it was a terrific record. We spent about $300,000 of Arista's money to make this record and get Nigel to mix the whole thing. And it sounded powerful and sonically it was, there's anything out there, any record you guys have heard, listen, if you get a chance to go listen to it, it's called Animals with Human Intelligence. Okay. And we yeah, didn't it's get on the title iTunes. right for on the band, but we certainly got the songs right. And Clive says, I got a band on my label and I want to give them some of your songs. So we gave him four or five songs to record. And he signed them to a huge, uh, huge big, big, massive budget. They were called the Tuesdays. And they recorded all these enough snuff songs like There Goes My Heart and Wheels. And uh, for some reason, with three months into the tour, the band disintegrated, fell apart. And that would have been a great opportunity. We thought, well, we, if we can't make these songs hits, maybe somebody else can. Right. And, you know, you listen to the songs, you listen to Donnie's voice. You know, it's very challenging. It's very intimidating yeah. because it's not easy to sing like that. No. But they, Clive found a band that can do it, and uh, they recorded the songs with a great record producer, a guy named Ole Evenrud, uh out of Sweden, and they just didn't hit and they hit a home run recording the songs, but it didn't go to the next level, and it really let enough stuff down, bummed us out. We thought we'd have a chance to, to break it with that band recording our songs. And right after that, we did some stuff with uh, Kanye West wow. and Twista and Malik Yosef, these hip-hop guys. We thought, we'll spread our wings. And we'll do some. We'll show a different side of the band. We'll show the business that hey, we're not a one-trick pony. We can do anything. And we recorded songs with those artists, 
and they put the records out, and we never seen a penny. Wow. You know, because oh, they don't no. care about it. So, well, how, does, how does a guy like how does a guy like Kanye West uh, hear about it? Enough's enough, or do you, like how does that happen? Yeah, what's the connection oh, there? Chicago, and there was a guy named Malik Yosef that was recording a record over at Chicago Recording Company. I seen him. We started talking, and basically, hip hop at the time then was more like pop songs with guys talking and yelling and rapping and screaming. And uh, he says, "Yeah, I'm looking for some stadium songs. You know, people lighting their lighters up." Yeah. And I said, I got songs for you. So he, he actually came to my house in Blue Island. The first two songs I played for him, uh, Right By Your Side, and, and uh, another song I did with Twista, um, oh, The World Is Yours, uh, The Universe. He hailed him. And he goes, we love him. Uh, can I take these with me? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I gave him the CD. And then uh, a couple of days later, they called me and said, hey, can you send us the stems and the tracks? And I said, I can't do that. And he says, why not? I said, uh, here's how I wrote the songs with Donnie. I don't want to give that stuff up. Yeah. Uh, if you like the track, you take them like that and do your thing over them. Or, you know, that's it. We can't do anything. And he says, okay, no problem, bro. I'll just use it like this. Because I knew that the hip-hop guys would strip our parts off it, tear, mm-hmm. the, whole, tear the whole thing apart, and we wouldn't get any credit for our great yeah. songs. Well, any, anytime, we anytime anybody, aside from a television show, is looking for stems, it's alarming. Well, you don't think you were going to get checks off of that and stuff? Isn't that tempting? To be, or you're just so into the songs. Uh... It's more about music. For yeah. Donnie and I, it was more about musical integrity. We didn't care about it. Donnie wasn't even a part of it. I did all the stuff myself. Yeah. He helped me write one of the songs, and I just wanted to see him get some shippy poos as well. He wasn't even with me. You know, at the time, he that's, when he, that's the first time he took a break from Enough's Enough. But I, I never gave up, and I, I thought, well, you know, if I can get something happening for him where... We can see some some uh, chippy poos, and it was a little bit lucrative. He'd come back into the fold. Is Donnie? And he cool? did. Is but Don- those songs never brought any money to us. We never seen a penny on that stuff. Is, is Donnie cool with uh, uh, Utorn uh, under the Enough's Enough name and all that stuff? And you guys get along and everything. It's no, there's no uh, animosity or stuff like that. Yeah, you'd have to ask him that. You oh, know, oh, I, yeah. I haven't talked to him in a couple of months. I've uh, seen nothing but great things about him. Right. Listen, nobody would know him if it wasn't for me, and nobody would know me if it wasn't for him. It was the team that did it. <laughs> Symbiotic. I look at that. I look at the glass half full, not half empty. That being said, I, Donnie did say to me, uh, if I'm not going to sing the songs, you should go do them. At least when you're in the front of the, uh, when you come up on stage, people are going to know it's enough's enough. Right. He was. He was. He right. didn't like it when I had my guitar player Johnny Monaco singing the songs. Even though Johnny probably is a much better singer than I am, he didn't write the songs. He didn't produce those records. No, you're the band. You're the, the brand. Song. You're the like guy with the. Nope. You're the guy. It's not coming from his heart. You're the guy, and you got a great guitar player now, Tori. Man, he's a, he's a really great guitar. You got to be up front. You're right. That's the, that's the right decision, I think, in my opinion. I think. So, so I took the, I took the ball after Donnie gave me the endorsement. I took the ball, ran with it, and you know, you get on YouTube or you look at any of the videos and stuff. And I'm not saying they sound great on there because it's YouTube recordings, <laughs> but yeah. you could tell the band sound is a rock and. And the fans have spoken, and no one's pissed off about it. And, you know, I'll never be able to replicate my brother's pipes. He's one of the greatest singers in rock. But look, when you go like, look at bands like Foreigner or Journey or Sticks or Stone Temple Pilots, they all went out and got singers from somewhere else. Uh, the, only guy, the only band that's ever done what I've done in the history of music that I know of right now, please correct me if you know somebody else, is when Genesis... Uh, when the singer from Genesis left and Phil Collins took over. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. That's I'm racking my brain. I've, 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 thought, I've thought about this for years and years. What band has ever 
Like, just imagine Robin Zander leaving Cheap Trick and Rick Nielsen front and singing the song. Yeah. Rick's got a fine voice, too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's not going to be the same Cheap Trick, okay? Right. At least it's close enough to Enough's Enough, because I've co-wrote or wrote all these songs at Enough's Enough. I've sang on every single record. I play guitar, play bass, did all the parts on it. I worked my ass off. I give my, my whole life has been dedicated to Enough's Enough. And yeah, I've played bass with Missing Persons, and I went out with Adler's Appetite and toured around the country playing the Guns N' Roses stuff. But Enough's Enough is my baby that I put together with Donnie, and I'm not about to give it up. And as long as I'm healthy and the good Lord's blessing and the fans are saying, give me a thumbs up, I'm going to continue to move ahead. Yeah. yeah, man. So, Chip, I wanted to ask you, you brought up Adler's Appetite. I know you're an old friend of Steven Adler's. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Guns N' Roses reunion tour and his absence from it? And are you, are you happy for them, happy he got a chance to play a little bit with them? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Any any other answer I'd have would be a shortcut to thinking. Uh, he got a chance to go out there and play a couple songs a night with the band. They brought him back up on stage. That's all he ever wanted. We'd sit in his house and pray about getting back together with Guns N' Roses. And I told him, you gotta, you got to stay off the crack and the heroin and all the bad drugs, bro. You have to. Mm-hmm. When I first got together, with him, he was out of control. The reason they got me in the band is brother Jamie uh, called me because he says, my brother loves enough enough and he loves you. He wants you to play with him. I learned the songs and went over and we did South America and we came back and we did all of Europe and, oh. we, were, and we were doing big, big tours. And he was, I had him really clean and good because I don't do that stuff. But after a while, he found himself, uh, the fans would come up to him and they'd slip him bundles of, of blow or, or give yeah. him pilly poos or whatever it's they tough. could do. And that was it. And that, once he started back up again, the, the inmates were running his family was out of control. Now, as as you as, as, as you're giving Stephen Adler advice on addiction and stuff, you're a partying guy. Like, is it hard to be on the road with yeah, a band I'm like that? I'm not doing anything bad. I was smoking a little bit of pot, and, right. and I thought that was the one thing that would keep him away from the bad drugs, and it was. Yeah, for yeah. the longest time. But the band had a propensity to drink, like Otis Campbell from maybe or RFD. They were drinking every <laughs> night. They were drinking so, Jagermeister, and once he got a couple of shots in him, then the ammo would come out. So yeah, Chip, then it's he off to Larry. Any addict will tell you that once you start drinking, then it's like kind of like everything else is, falls into place. Like Absolutely. if you don't start, if, if you don't have that, all the problems that he that he faced in life, all the demons. If you don't have that first and, uh, beer, you could just watch forensic files and go to bed. <laughs> but uh, if you have, and uh, if yeah, you have he, that first beer, it's like everything else leads to everything. You know. But Chip, here's yeah, a- he, he found himself in a, in a quagmire. He just couldn't stop. And we had to stop the band. We had to take a we had to take a break after we did a, an album called uh, the Endless Appetite Record. It was a four song EP with Fred Curry from Cinderella and uh, oh, yeah. he a great producer, by the way, and a guy named uh, Anthony Fox who works with Aerosmith. We did a four song EP. We're going to do a whole record, but we did the four songs, and then we ended up signing with a label. And uh, he goes, "I'm going to take a little break right now, guys. Okay?" And we took a break, and that was it. He was done for a while. And uh, he realized that he had to go into rehabbing and cleaned up, and he did. He got off the Jägermeister, got off yeah. all the pilly poos, and the cocaine, the heroin, the crack, every single drug you could think of, and cleaned his act up. And then that's when Guns uh, N' Roses called him and said, hey, we, we want you to come out and do a couple of the shows with us. And when he went out and he called me the first night they played. They played in Cincinnati. It was his first show. I saw the next show in Nashville. Chippy. I'm, I'm, I'm on the tour bus right now. I go, bro, congratulations. How many years have we prayed and sat around watching South Park and American Dad and all those cartoon <laughs> shows and talking about you getting back in Guns N' Roses again, and now here you are doing it, bro. I go, he goes, well, guess what I'm doing now? I said, what are you doing now, brother? He says, I'm going to Nashville. I'm on Slash's bus. And I go, bro, it's so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy. 
I go, don't do nothing. Don't bother actual anybody. Stay out of the way. Yeah. You'll make this run last a lot longer. And mm-hmm. I, I go, you smoking powder or anything? He said, yeah, I'm smoking right now. I go, don't smoke on the bus. You're going to piss Slash off. Please. <laughs> Slash doesn't uh, like the pot yeah, smell. The two shows, and then they call him from South America, and he'd find himself. He, this way he told me last week. <laughs> he found himself on the shows uh, sitting out every single night. He plays two songs, and he goes, send the side of the stage and watch Frank. Frank Furrier, who's a great drummer, by the way, came yep. from uh, Psychedelic First. He'd watch him play in the shows every single night, and he couldn't take it. Even Frank said to him, bro, I'd love you to come up and do the appetite stuff, but it's not up to me. I'm not calling the shots, bro. I'm sorry. Right. Frank wanted him, the old drummer in Guns N' Roses, wanted Stephen to play all those well, iconic songs from the appetite era, but uh, the powers that be, uh, i.e. Uh, Axel and Slash, that... I just happened to do the two songs. It's not going to put a lot of pressure on the band. We'll, we'll be able to get through them, and there won't be so much pressure on Stephen. Well, Chip, that's, the, sad that's because that's, Stephen, uh, he says, I'm not going to do it unless they let me do the whole Appetite record. Right. Well, Chip, that's the big question. Here, there's a definitive question. Do you think that Stephen would have got the nod if he was sober, completely free of drugs? Or do you think they were just too ingrained with Frank for whatever 10 years they've been playing together? Do you really think that, that he would have got it if it was a drug issue? Or do you think it was already past this prime and they kind of like for, just didn't want to do it for him? Yeah, I think that they just wanted to do what was the easiest thing for Guns N' Roses and and Stephen, which was a, just have him come up to a couple songs a night and no pressure on anybody. The fans get a chance to see the original band playing together. Now, remember, Izzy wasn't there yet. Sure. Guys, this story is not being written, okay? It's not over yet. There's still another chapter to go because all they got to do the is say, okay, we're going to go for a, a appetite, 30 years of appetite. Right. Get Izzy back in the band, get Stephen back in. Right. And just do Appetite for Destruction, and yeah. that tour will be bigger than this tour they're doing oh, right yeah, now. absolutely. Now, when you're playing with Adler's Appetite, what is the legal, how do, how do you, you, when you play those Guns N' Roses songs, do they get pissed off? Like, I have no idea how any of that stuff kind of works. Do you have to pay f- to no, play the songs? In fact, they don't. In fact, with a lot of respect, when we, uh, I played bass with the 20th anniversary of Guns N' Roses without Axel, of course, Axel was not there, but Slash was there, Izzy, Duff, Steven. And we had rehearsals in in Los Angeles, and I was showing Duff and, and Izzy parts. And I'm going, hey, go right, no, we go right here. Goes a G here. Are you sure, Chip? I go, absolutely. Been playing them every day, guys. Yeah, but I you tell me re- Slash doesn't go, hey, what? Like, you tell me Slash doesn't go, like, hey, man, I wrote these songs. Like, what, these guys just go out and no, do Slash them. Did, Slash didn't show up at the rehearsals, but Izzy and Duff and Steven did. Right. Slash didn't show up, but he Slash showed up at the gig. But he didn't show up at the rehearsals. But anyway, to make a long story short, those guys know I had the songs down like they were in ups and up tunes. And I heard Izzy uh, get on the phone with uh, the key club and say, yeah, leave the bass amp up on stage. Right, right. So then I thought, all right, I got the endorsement. They're going to let me play bass for my 20th anniversary, which is a real honor, okay? And I'll never forget it. It was great. It was sold out, jam-packed, lines around the block for it. Because everybody thought it was going to be a reunion with all of Guns N' Roses. But Izzy didn't show up. But everybody else did in the, in the band. All the, all the guys did, including uh, the old guitar players. So uh, what do you think Toby about Clark was there, of course, and, and the keyboard player was there. Uh, uh, yeah, all of all the great players of Guns N' Roses all showed up there. The only guy that didn't show up there was Izzy. Right, Axl Rose singing for ACDC. Is it a crap or not crap? Oh, I thought Axel did a great job. Everybody yeah. was scorning it when he first got the gig. Everybody goes, this, "No, I can't do this." Yeah, and then I and watched it, and I was like, it's pretty good. And he come, he came out. Listen, he likes ACDC almost as much as Guns N' Roses. Right. It was a challenge for him. We're talking about 
a great iconic singer. One thing you got to say, he might be a guy that shows up late for shows. He might have an attitude and, and, and have a hissy fit. He's a real rock star. He carries all those traits. And for him to go out there and play those ACDC songs and sing them as well as he did, I have nothing but a brink truck full of respect for him. Sure, and I think he sang in ACDC just as well as he did in Guns N' Roses, if not better at times. I've seen both shows well, multiple times. Well, you're a little um, you know, biased, Tommy. No, I'm Tommy's saying, the biggest Guns N' Roses fan I've ever met in my life. Well, this is true, but I'm saying that he actually sang in ACDC as well as Guns. No, I think he did a good job. I, do, I really do. No, he did a great job, and the fans spoke. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people that were pissed off when it first happened, after they seen this show, uh, people were really pleasantly surprised. They, they The next question was, when are they going to do a record together? So I say that's a win for him. And for ACDC, uh, you know, let, let's face it. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian was a great singer. Brian Scott, uh, amazing talent. To go in there and to sing and, and stand those shoes, there's not many singers that can do that, bro. Uh, Axl Rose really won the respect of not only the fans, but his peers as well. Right. Oh, uh, my producer is screaming at me that uh, he wants to. My conversation. He needs to ask. uh, We need to ask you about. uh, He wants me to ask you about Billy Corgan. A a lot of our fans that grew up in Chicago and the Smashing Pumpkins and this kind of thing. And what what was it like working with Billy Corgan? I was great. I have nothing but respect for Billy Corgan. I'm not sure he like. He's very fond of enough's enough for me. He does like the music. I know that he likes the songs because Jim Ellison's uh, Wake. I seen Billy. I said, hey, Billy, I'm Chip. And he goes, yeah, I know you are, man. I go, are you aware of enough stuff? He goes, are you kidding me? I got the strength of in my car right now. So <laughs> I know he likes it. I seen him at the Metro one night, his old manager. It's not like they're hard to spot in a crowd. Right. And I seen Billy walking in, and I walked behind him, and I said, hey, Billy, Chip, hey, how you doing, buddy? He was real nice to me then. And I said, I'm doing a record right now for Chicago Recording Company, and I got Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick on it. I got J.Y. from Sticks, the great James Young, playing guitar on it. I go, I'd be honored to have you come down and play a song. I go, we did a cover of Everything Works If You Let It. He goes, Chip, that's my favorite Cheap Trick song ever. So I go, he goes, when are you guys recording? I said, we're in their studio on Sunday. So him and his road manager, a guy named Gooch, wonderful man, <laughs> uh, came down. And Gooch. And another guy named uh, Tommy who used to hang out with all the uh, alternative guys. Uh, New Order and all those different bands. They all came down at, at noon in Chicago. And Billy walks in. He goes, Chip, where's the Mesa Boogie Stacks? And I said, I didn't know. No one called me to ask me what you would need to record it on. And so he had a little silver box. And he plugged the guitar into that. And then we plugged into like a 212 Mesa Boogie amp. And it's, uh, as soon as he hit the first chord, it sounded exactly like Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, he, it's all in the singers, guys. And he had the tone, and I, I think he's an extraordinary, talented guy. Anyway, I talked to him, and I, I show, he goes, I don't know the song. You know, he said it's his favorite song, but he, he didn't know the riff. So I, I got the, I took the guitar off his neck, and I put it on me, and I played the track for him. And uh, he goes, oh, great. And then he played the song, and he was done in like 15 minutes. It, was, it came out terrific. And I talked him into playing on one more song, too, on, on a song called No Place to Go. And it had a real cool riff, and he went through it one time, and in the middle of the song, he just took the guitar off and stopped and goes, I'm done. <laughs> and I go, listen, thanks so much for coming on down there. I'm, I'm really flattered that you would take time out to play with us. And then I just pro-tooled the rest of his guitar parts onto that song, took the good parts that he had, and just used it in pro-tools and made it sound cool. why uh, like did, he why, played the whole song. I never heard pro-tools in, in and put those songs on a record, and ever since then... Uh, and I just don't get the love. He had a, he had a, a party at his, uh, at his tea shop, 
in Highland Park, you know, eight years after that, and me and uh, Mancow went up there, and I walked in there, and it was for uh, battered women. And I thought, you know what, I'm I'm an advocate of that. I want to see I don't want to see any women uh, being harmed. And I thought it was nice for Billy to to handle something to to be part of that. And I gave him a uh, hundred bucks or something, you know, like to, to put the work to charity. <laughs> yeah, go buy some a newspaper. Kid. Only, he never talked to me one time, bro. The only time he talked to me was at the very end of the night when. Somebody said, hey, Billy, did you see Chips Enough's 1957 Porsche Speedster? Ooh, and Adler, ooh. I wanted to tour, bought me his car as a gift. So uh, he went outside and like, oh, it's your car, and it's cool, man. I like it. And that was it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he doesn't really talk to me, and he doesn't say much to me. And, uh, you know, Billy Corrigan could be a hero if he would just go, you know, I'm going to put together a Chicago tour. Zero. It's going to be Enough's Enough, Smashing Pumpkins, Urge Overkill, get all Frogs. the cool bands from Chicago go out and run together. Be a real winner right there if you could do that, but forget it. That's right. <laughs> Get Big Black in there. I'm sure Steve Albini loves Enough's Enough. He's a big fan. Steve Albini, Steve Albini used to have a clock in his office, and, and the clock said the great 12 thoughts of Enough's Enough. Oh, where's the point <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know if he's taking the piss out of us or not, but Steve Albini, I, he's doing great. He's doing great. Thank you. He's doing terrific right now, Steve. He's out there working all the time. And uh, he, he's, I just read a thing the other day, Steve Albini selling microphones out of a studio yeah. that he recorded Nirvana's album. No, it was the, it. the back of a, a PT Cruiser, I believe it was. <laughs> you know, Chip, yeah, he's selling the Nirvana mics. Hey, he's an espresso machine. Auctioning them off. I saw that, too. You know, Chip, we like to play a game here on uh, Live from the Barrage. Um, it's called Crap Not Crap. It's a bit of a speed round. I was wondering if you'd like to play. What we're going to do is read you a couple bands and just tell us if it's crap or not crap. Would you be willing to play with us? Well, I hate to be cantankerous. That's what it'll sound like by me saying something's not good or something. Yeah, I'll I, play the game for sure. Why not? Yeah, you know, he's going to not crap everything because he's too nice. I love you. You're so nice. <laughs> Rush. Oh, it's great. Love him. I got Getty Lee laid one time. <laughs> oh, all right. Crap, my crap is over. How'd you get Getty Lee laid? <laughs> okay, so I'm backstage. I'm at the Alpine Valley in, in Wisconsin, and Billy Sheehan's back there with, with uh, Getty Lee after the show, and Billy calls me up. He goes, hey, come on over here, Chip. And I walk over, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to get a chance. And I seen Getty when I was 15 years old, and now here I am backstage going to get a chance to shake his hand. And he goes, this is Chip from Enough's Enough, bass player from Enough's Enough. And Getty goes, hey, nice to meet you. So Getty, big fan of yours. Uh, uh, thank you for my job. I say, you help invent it. You're just a wonderful player. He goes, oh, I'm saying you're being too nice. I said, see those two trim over there and behind me, those are brunette <laughs> and the blonde. Beautiful. Probably 18, 19 years old. I said, the girls want to spend the night with you. And Getty says, they can't stay all night. I said, no problem. And I walked over and got the girls going to meet Getty. Come on over. I brought him right over to him and they, they left after that. So wow. amazing. He did, he's I, like, I, I, I can't. They were looking for they wore their boots well, trust me. Wow. I can't stay all night. I have to be in bed by 9 o'clock after the Dungeons & Dragons tournament. <laughs> no uh, partying for me. How about uh, Ted Nugent? Well, he's the real McCoy. I mean, the Amboy Dukes was a great band. And, yep. you know, Ted, I, I'm not, I, his political views are questionable. But as a great guitar player and a singer... He's the real McCoy. I got nothing but thumbs up for him. So, so no far crap. in this entire interview, I've agreed with everything that uh, <laughs> Chips Enough has said. Uh, how about Yes? Are you into the prog rock at all? You like Yes? Crap or not crap? Kidding me. That band was great. I caught them in 1976 at Chicago Stadium. Sold out show with the original band. Uh, I love Chris Squire. Uh, Wakeman, who's a phenomenal keyboard player. Alan White, great drummer. 
I'm a, uh, Steve Howe, wonderful guitar player. I'm a huge fan of Yes. John Anderson, one of the greatest voices in rock. Fucking Brufords. Wow. Uh, Eagles. Buford was great, too. Alan White or Buford. Both guys oh, were yeah. great drummers. Hell yeah. The Eagles. Crap or not crap? With chips enough. Crap. Crap. Yeah. Wow. Fine. Was he? Was he? How about the Eagles? Listen, I'm not going to deny the great songs. And then soon as uh, Henley opens his mouth, turn a tape recorder around. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the songs are real milk and cookies. You know, Hotel California was cool because you were talking about young trim and, and cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love the old guitar player, uh, Don Felder. I thought he was terrific. And I love Joe Walsh beyond belief. But right. I'm not a fan. I think there's uh, two milk and cookies for me. I was just going to – you answered every question I had. I mean, Joe Walsh rules, right? But the Eagles, yeah, crap. Uh, let's go with uh, – let's see. Uh, We've got uh, Leonard Skinner. History making. I love him. Billy Joel. I can't say I can't say a bad word about Leonard Skinner because uh, the guys went through trauma. I hung out with uh, their producer who told me the story about the plane going down, how they were end up in the, on the plane. They were all fucked up. He wasn't really messed up. He was a survivor uh, of the plane crash. The other guys were all partying. A couple of guys weren't weren't Jesus. sitting in their chairs. Hmm. We're, weren't oh. sitting in their seats. They were just hanging out there doing their thing, and you know the plane was flying down. And Jesus you know, Christ, it was so fast. Uh, and, they, and the only reason they even survived, he told me, was because. The plane hit trees, well, and then yeah. that broke the fall. And then, and then he says after the plane crashed, everybody's going, "You guys okay?" And pe- some people weren't responding. And then it was in the middle of the cornfield, and then all of a sudden, people started running up there trying to steal stuff. Oh, and, you know, what? any kind of artifacts they can get from the. Oh the man, it was, it was terrific, bro. That's a problem. Uh, that that have nothing but love for them. Those songs are iconic. They'll last for a lifetime. Every generation, even the new generation that doesn't want to buy music, they're going to hear. Stuff like Freebird and Sweet Home Alabama, and it's going to trip their trigger. And uh, they're a great band, bro. Dude, when, when you, it seems like every person I bring up, you've like at least have to, had a conversation with them. Do you feel like even apart from the radio show you do, that you kind of when you meet somebody, you need to like interview them and get all the information out of them in a way like the like it's like a historical artifact. Sometimes I do, but that big mouth man cow doesn't let me get a lot of stuff in. Yeah. Right? He, he, he does most of the interviews, but he lets me get a couple of questions in. But it doesn't matter if I do the interviews with these guys because I've hung out with them, all of them. I've done everything with these bands. They're my friends. We're colleagues. I look out for them. I respect them. I say good things about them wherever I'm at. And that's the difference between me doing an interview on a radio station or me being in person with that cat, hanging out in quality time. And when Man Cow hires... Chips enough? Doesn't he know that you're going to talk the whole time? I mean, he knows what he's getting into. Like you know, he you had to have he a talking to, and he, he had to tell you to tone I, it down. He knows I have a great relationship with the great Howard Stern, yeah. and uh, he, he, I think that ruffles his feathers a little bit. And Mancow's always said to me, and he's by the way, he's terrific talent. There's not about that. Waddled up, and I and I'm grateful for him giving me a chance to get on radio and still talk to people. And you know, I got tons of people following me on on, on social media and. Uh, I attribute a lot of that to him too. Do you ever talk to Howard? Ways, no, he's, a, he's a he's a bit cantankerous. He's a little jealous. He even said to me, he "says Chip, I want my friends to do good, but not as good as me." Nah. Chip, do you still talk to Howard or no? I haven't seen Howard since 2012 when Stephen Adler and I went in there for uh, ah. uh, Stephen Spuck. And Howard talked about I was number two on Google for that whole week. People were looking me up like crazy. It really, it, it really put me back into the game again. Just that one interview there, and Howard talked the whole week about it. He started his career over again. I'd be a sidekick. Howard, he hailed me. Yeah, we man. talked about 
And we talked about everything from women's chicken baskets to little two scoops of their ice cream, little <laughs> Pikachu's. I had all the little street vernaculars for every single ana- piece of anatomy that a woman would carry. Wait, you you should have totally been on that show instead of like Artie sleeping. Yeah, been a regular. That would have been great, but guess what, guys? I'm not a radio guy, yeah. and I love it. Uh, well, I mean, you are now. Me. I've been serious. I have my own show. But when I talked to the big guy there, uh, Scott Salem at the time, uh, he set me up mm. with another guy there who was uh, who powered on his show, and he goes, what do, you, what do you want to do on your show? And I said, I just want to play songs that are, I want to interview rock, great rock stars that are friends of mine, and I yep. want to do nothing but B-side songs that aren't smash hits, but that should have been. Nice. And that was the end of it. And, D- but I, they called me up and said, we want, to have you on a, we want to give you a show, but we're going to wait until Howard starts his own channel, when, you know, his own yeah. network. Right. And then you're going to have a gig. And right but- now, uh, I'm, I'm happy with what I got, but when Howard calls me and says, Chip, I'm ready for you on your show, I'll have a killer show, guys. Yeah, yeah. Howard Stern has, a, has said, I don't know if the audience knows that, that, that Enough's Enough is his favorite band. And th- those interviews, I, I'm an old Stern fan from Pat and I back in the day, and uh, your interviews are always incredible and great and informative and hilarious and fun and entertaining. Uh, thank you, bro. It's, well, it's, it's easy when you're with the king, and he's mm. terrific at what he does. And, hey, listen, Mancow's great at what he does, too. He, he's number one yeah. here in Chicago. He's got a wonderful show, but... And, he, and, he, and Howard's really never beaten Mantow. You guys have Chicago, a statue of Jim Belushi. I wouldn't get too man. excited. <laughs> Jethro Tull, crap, not crap. Oh, uh, not crap. I love Jethro Tull beyond belief. Uh, come on, Barrymore Barlow. The guy smokes more joints than, than Cheech and Chong. <laughs> He's behind the drums killing every single night. Uh, uh, Ian Anderson, a great talent. Can turn a million line. Remember in 1984 when they won the Grammy mm. and beat um, Metallica? Metallica, yeah. I'll never forget that. No, that record came out. Those guys, Demon and Ian, I, I toured with Ian a couple of years ago. I was in Germany playing with uh, uh, Creedence again, which is CCR without uh, Fogarty. And I did a whole <laughs> bunch of We were following around Ian Anderson. And Ian told me, says, you know what? We weren't even supposed to be high. None of, nobody showed up there. Nobody would cared about that because we thought there's not a chance in hell we're going to win a Grammy. So why show up? Yeah. And, and they didn't. Of course, and look what happened. They yeah. won. And uh, it was free. What was it called? Uh, uh, Farm on a Freeway, that was a single. And listen to that track, bro. These pipes are great. It's heavy, that, yeah. That pretty, I, I, pretty remember, I, I remember that. People were all uh, bent out of shape. That They were saying Jethro Tull wasn't metal and they didn't deserve to uh, win the award. But Yeah, in the early days, I really listened to Tull. I, I, I love the old records, where, you know, uh, with Locomotive Breath and, uh, and uh, um, you know, the early, the early stuff that Tull put out was the was the stuff that really took my trigger. How about like Slayer and like the heavier bands when you guys were coming up? Did you guys think that the what 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 was the your uh you know uh, view of those guys when you were when you we did you feel like ah oh, we're playing real rock and roll and they're playing just this fast heavy crazy stuff or you were were you were into it? Did it trip your trigger? No, no, I was into it at all. I met Tom Array. He's real nice. He's in a parking lot of the World Theater in Chicago. Twirling around a thirty-foot stick like he's a, some ninja guy, and I and I Wait somebody introduced me to him, and he's real nice to me. And, and the band does a great job what they do. It's just not my cup of tea. You saw Tom Ryan in a parking lot swinging a thirty-foot stick around. Sorry, you saw Tom Araya in a parking lot swinging a stick around. Yeah, thirty-foot stick. Okay, back and forth, all <laughs> okay. around like I don't know if it was some kind of ritual he does, or you know he's into ninja stuff, whatever the case may be. But I went over and said hello to him. He was very kind to me. The band went up on stage. The place went nuts. They loved him. Right. Uh, all right. It was, you, we... at the end of the show. it was just too loud and bamboos. 
there, listen, there was no melody to me. It was just the guys blowing solos, you know. Yeah. I know that Kelly guy, uh, uh, Kerry Kelly guy, whatever his name is, the guitar player. <laughs> yeah. he, I know those guys can play, but it just was not, it's not from my school. Uh, but I'm not here to band rap Slayer. Uh, they, they're great at what they do. It's just uh, if I'm on a desert island, it's the last record I'm going to listen right. to. We're all going out drinking to Kerry Kelly's after this. What about uh, <laughs> a Foo Fighters? Crap, not crap. Oh, Foo Fighters are happy. Their new record, Concrete and uh, Gold. Uh, what's it called? Gold. Concrete and Gold. I'm telling you guys right now. Uh, Greg Kirsten produced record, and this guy produced like Adele and and, and Pink and bands that you would think, oh God, it's the worst guy to produce. He's unbelievable. He's got a band called The Bird and the Bee. You gotta check that out too. It's really avant-garde stuff. But the guy's a great producer, and, and I heard the new Foo Fighters stuff. It's the best Foo Fighters record yet. And it's got elements of Queen and Black Sabbath. It's fucking great. Well, we know you love everyone. Who? Let, let's switch it up. And who's the biggest dick you ever met in in the music industry? Oh, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> it's not really my. Uh, it doesn't really fit my personality. The bad rap guys. No, I know, I know. You, but I do it anyway. Being at, uh, I was staying down the street from John Lennon's pad. <laughs> And there was a place called the Mayflower Hotel. And yeah. It was pulling in the middle of the night. And Jane's Addiction was there. And um, a band called The Cult. And yeah. I seen at the front desk, I seen uh, Ian Asbury. And I walked up to him and said, Ian, congratulations on a new record. Really solid. And he never answered me. Ah. So I went to my room and I found that. And I, and I was good friends with the people over at the hotel. So I found out from the concierge what room he was staying in. And I called up there and he... I, and I, I called his room, and he picked up the phone. And I said, uh, he goes, hello. And I said, yeah, I just want to say I think you're a big jack off, and I hung up the phone. Uh, <laughs> but then you, you went on. I was I was looking at you. I got the last punch in on him. But uh, that being said, uh, extraordinary talent, man. We did one, we covered uh, She Soul Sanctuary on our yeah, gold record. I just listened to it. And uh, after we played that, <laughs> Johnny, play that. I got a lot more respect for that guy. And I go, I do, I do as well. Was it hard making that uh, album full of uh, covers, like uh, legally and stuff, or you just don't even worry about that and you just jam them out? You know what? Nobody can do that in this day and age anymore, but uh, we got a lot of respect, bro. That's one thing we do have. We might not have the sales. You know, we had two records that went cold. The rest of them sold 50, 100,000 here and there. We've had some sales, but nothing extraordinary. We haven't sold more than a million records. Dude, you have two gold records. All the rock stars and prints. Uh, the Beatles, when Prince was alive, he gave us permission. Prince is the one that told me to do a Prince song. I seen him in Minnesota. Wow. And he goes, how you guys doing? And I said, hey, we're doing great. Just trying to write another hit like you. And he goes, well, why don't you do one of my songs? And this whole staff all laughed at me. And like, I'm funny. Like, oh, Prince giving me a jab. And I listened exactly to what he told me. I went in the studio two years later. My manager, Ryan Johnson, who was managing the band out in Las Vegas at the time, says, you guys got to do a cover song. Why don't you do Prince? And I, I remember back when meeting Prince and him saying, why don't you do one of my songs? And I said, okay, which one do you want to do? And he picked Dubs Cry, and we went to the studio, and nobody was there. It was just me by myself and, and the drummer. And we laid down the template to the song, and then I put the guitar parts down. I played the bass. I played all the keyboard parts. The how, do you run, how do you just run into Prince? Are you guys all at the pharmacy or something? <laughs> uh, North Stars game. He came down, he said, what is this shit? What are you doing here? I'm not doing this. I go, bro, it's a test. We're doing cover songs. That's all our influences and stuff. We've got the Beatles in there and Queen, everybody. Yeah. We, I think it's a good idea to do this one, bro. And I talked to him into singing on it. And, and then I sang all the harmonies with him. And it sounded great. And it, it, showed, a, it showed a different side of Prince. Another artist, how many songs has he written hits for other people? Tons. We, so with no exception, we did the best we could on that one. I think it came out great. 
But listen to that covered in gold record because we did Bowie on that. I've been listening to it today. Yeah, you did Nirvana. Well, you were a Nirvana fan. Uh, they uh, enough enough does all apologies too, which I have uh, queued up. We were listening to the whole thing. Your voice oh. sounds great on it. Man. Oh, by the way, the all apologies that you got queued up that was live on Howard Stern show. Oh, was it really? Wow. Oh, nice. And there's extra bonus yeah, Stern stuff at the end of that record too. Because I already heard a song called "Hide Your Love Away" on the record that was live on Howard Stern. The Beatles. I didn't song? want to put out after Kurt Cobain passed away. Uh, we went on Howard Stern's show and we played all apologies and uh, just uh, out of respect to the to Nirvana and Geffen Records called and said, it "Sounds as good as Kurt. Does you want a gig?" Wow, yeah, the, the, it sounds really good. I would never have guessed that that was live in a radio studio. It sounds great. Live on a radio station, no overdubs at all, bro. Cool. I did a little bit of tweaking and stuff in the studio on it, but I never touched the bass, never touched the guitars, never touched the vocals at all. Nothing. Wow. I have great. to ask you the one polarizing question that we ask all the guests in Crap Not Crap, and it's a big, uh, you know, it's a big bone of contention here. And with unfortunate timing. Uh, anybody want to guess? I'm going to say he says not crap. Mm, I say. Yeah, I Chips Enough, Live from the Barrage, Crap Not Crap, the band Steely Dan. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, I, I, my friends and I, and pretty quick, much. Quick, can I give you another little story? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Sure. He's a guitar player, Skunk Baxter, right? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, that guy's like a so, military uh, defense. So, uh, guy. Uh, this is a great story, guys. Real quick one. I'll leave you guys alone. No, 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 no man. Never, never. Hired, enough stuff is hired to play the China Club in Chicago. They're a grand opening in Chicago. Big, everybody's coming out for a cheap trick. All the Chicago Bulls, Jordan. Pippen, all the guys are going to be hanging out. The Chicago Bears football players, you know, McMichaels and and uh, uh, McMahon, and we're all excited. We're going, to, yeah, we're going to do this gig for sure. And they're paying the band like you know ten grand to come out and play. And we're thinking, ah, you know, it's, all right, we're high at the time right now. We and we really we want more money, but we said, well, okay, we'll do the grand opening. We'll play it. And I show up. Uh, we guys on his way. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing. I walk up on stage and I look to my left. And there's Skunk Baxter with an acrylic guitar and he's sitting in a chair. And I look, I, I go, Skunk Baxter? Fans are clapping everything. Fans getting ready to start the song. No one in my band knows he's there. And he goes, yeah, how you doing? I go, what's up, bro? You, you, you want to play? He goes, yeah. He goes, what are we doing? I said, you know any Beatles songs? He goes, what do you do? I go, well, we're going to open with Revolution. He goes, what key? I said, B. He goes, okay, no problem. And guy looks over and he goes, who do you? Grandpa. And he said, that's Skunk Baxter, bro. And he goes, what's he doing on stage? I showed he's going to play with us. We're going to do some Beatles songs. And we went in there, and he played like three or four. We did, uh, we did Magical Mystery Tour with them. We did uh, Dear Prudence. We did a bunch of Beatles songs, and people hailed it. Nice. And I'll never forget Skunk Baxter never meeting me on stage, never meeting the band, no rehearsals or nothing, and bashing through those Beatles songs with us like he's been in the band for 20 years. Killer. That guy's a pro, man. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's got the mustache. You can't really miss him. You're like, hey, hey, is that you, Skunk Baxter? It's like, of course, you know. It's me. It's me. That's awesome. <laughs> I did show. I was looking for him because I wanted to smoke it. I was more I was more impressed with his playing, and I just wanted to smoke a joint with him so yeah. bad and, and just tell him thank you so much, but... Uh, evidently, after the show, the trim showed up in the cocaine, and he ended up splitting, and we didn't get a chance to talk. <laughs> the trim and the cocaine showed up, and it went hats off to Larry. Did he, do you you know the story behind him that like he and, and every time guys. Do you know that he's like a you know a crazy? Uh, he's like works for the government as a consultant. He's like a missile expert. He's like a self taught missile defense expert or something. Now, did you know that he he might be there just like Brian Mays, you know, in the physics and stuff. But when it comes to music. 
we get together, we're all on the same page, and we're brothers in arms. Right, Very cool. Dude, we lo- uh, I love your attitude. I agree with everything you've said. I, I appreciate you staying on the line for us this long, man. I-, I-, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, dude. It's I an love honor. You. It's-, it's an honor to have you on. And if there's anything else you'd like to say besides, go to www.enoughsenough.com, the website. And you go to iTunes. All the albums are on there. I have bought some. Yeah, do you have anything specific to We're plug, Chip? We're going to and uh, I, 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 I just... No, I'm in the studio right now, guys. I'm recording a brand new record. Right now, as we speak, I'm in DeKalb, Illinois, <laughs> and um, I'm at a company that does all the production for the Rolling Stones, Foo Fighters, Muse, Lady Gaga, Metallica, <laughs> the biggest production company. The warehouse here is unbelievable. It's like 45,000 square feet, all huge 30-foot screens. And my old managers, who used to run a company, we have a new company now, and they run the whole place. And they still love me, and I go, I visit them every once in a while, and they're taking me to dinner tonight, and uh, it's, it's a good night. Nice. Killer. Well, we, we we can't thank you enough for being on the show, man. I mean, it's so nice here. We really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, and Chip, I wanted to add, uh, this is Tommy here. I'm going to be out in L.A. for the Guns N' Roses shows at the Forum. So if you're, if you're around, I'd love to look you up and you maybe get a drink at the Rainbow or something, say hello. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. So, if you, By the way, if you want to keep it low-key, uh, maybe don't hang out with Chips enough because, I mean, <laughs> everyone recognizes him. With his Listen, you guys have a wonderful show. I, I'm, I'm honored to be on there. Thanks for a wonderful time. Uh, great questions, guys. You're very astute. Uh, it was a pleasure hanging out, talking with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you at one of our shows. Yep. And uh, I, I hope you guys both live to be 100 years old. And the last voice you hear be mine. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks, the pleasure is all ours, man. Thank you so much, Chip. Thanks, really man. appreciate it. Thanks for everything you've There's done. Chip's enough. I'm enough's enough. Take care, man, and take care of yourself. All right. Thanks, brothers. Have a great one, guys. All right. Good luck with the recording, man. Great job, Chips. See you yeah, soon. There's Chips. And are you kidding me? We just had Chips enough on the show. What a great interview. That was great. And, and we didn't even ask him about peeing on Madonna. I didn't. <laughs> you know, it was so much to talk about. It's a, well, listen, here, I'll answer the question. I think he peed on Madonna. Or in, her. or in her, apparently. Oh, man. oh, really? Oh, God. I'm glad I didn't ask Well, that. he later recanted that, but still. <laughs> wow, dude. That was awesome. All the legal papers had the Z's and apostrophe. <laughs> Z's. Chips enough, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that was good Pretty stuff. Great. Dude, good guy, man. Can't believe great we got guy. that dude, in there. Wow. Guy. Right? I mean, dude, what? I know he likes to talk, but he has such great stories from 30 years of his career, man. Listen, I'll listen to that guy talk all day. Yeah. I, I could have gone for on, on, on for hours. The less questions I have to ask, the easier my job is. It's live from the broad here on Radio Note. Back yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs>
79, so fuck the 90s. Yo, I got my Columbia rain suit, son. I'ma take it back to 94. Till I see pay phones in use. Or you can find a job in a triple fat goose. It's 2015. Rap segregated and all my rap here say I ain't gonna make. Yo, Zone, you got a tour. Motherfucker, what for? I'm damn near 40, sleeping on somebody living room floor. I need shows. Can I be a part of your crew? Nigga, please, take a 360 deal and keep trucking. The only motherfucker not doing no shows. Put my shit on band camp for the fans and say, fuck. Can't wait to go to South by Southwest to suck off writers for blog love, perform for other rappers. Get a job, swag Y'all all on Twitter. Yo, we up in the lab. Fans talking about him should collab. You say cool, but you just saw him last week. There's some dick sucking industry of anything street. I hate that we can't be cool with each other without saying we gon' do a fucking song together. Get along, whatever. Leave it at that. Fuck what the fans want. Our relationship is lukewarm. Rap needs to get his loop on. Pop that pussy behavior and move on. So in a nutshell, I'm sick of rap. Sick of nostalgia and bringing it back. Fuck doing collab with cats you don't like. No trapping a boom bap and a cuff in the mic. Underground rap is a cold man's mainstream Not a hater, but fellatio's a lame thing Fuck rap, play Victor Mona When it's done, play Elvin Jones I'm sick of rap Yo, son, let's collab I got 16, 16's real hip-hop, son Sick of rap All the experts say it's all about touring So can I sleep on your floor, Mr. Promoter? I'm sick of rap Yo, son, it's all about blog love If you ain't on the blogs, you ain't relevant Sick of rap Yo, I don't sample compilations I only sample originals Yeah, your shit still sucks Sick of this shit, yo Fuck it, let's make disco Oh. <laughs> That's pretty clever, man. I like oh, that. Oh, you like right that there. shit, don't you, man? Word up. Word up. Wanna know something, no zone? What's up? On the real, I roll with disco. You know why? Why is that, cousin? Because I'd rather fuck with bell bottoms than bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, man. Word up. Uh, <sighs> fuck, fuck rap. rap.
I thought David Lee Roth sang backups on that. I think he does. Oh, God, I'm running. Where's he running to? When we went to Meltasia, Pat, uh, we, I, I was testing the stuff out, and it was going out over the PA, and this is all I was doing. <laughs> Top decibel. <laughs> it's all over the, the town. I, got, I have an experiment for that soundboard later. I downloaded a song from uh, that single from Van Halen 3 with Gary Sharon, and I want to hear it with uh, David Lee Roth's uh, <laughs> slide whistle. Oh, man. I would totally do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Set maybe next break. Next week or next break. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I live my life like there's no tomorrow. Give me the check. Let's try it now. <laughs> this isn't exactly an incredible bit. <laughs> <laughs> Want to try a bit on the fly? I'm yeah. in, buddy. Yeah, that's right. Fly bit. The guy's too nice. We're like, uh, hey, chips enough. Crap, not crap, Hitler. He's like, well, he had a couple yeah. of tunes. Snappy <laughs> dresser. Should be up and ready to go, Pat. We're back live and brought you here on Radio Note. That was it. Get you just listened. Piano. Should uh, <laughs> John, should we tune up? Let's tune up. <laughs> Who's playing my drum? Sounds like a Harry Parcher. Mean. Get off my <laughs> And uh, you just heard us interview Chips Enough from Enough's Enough. Yeah, you did. Fun time. The next time I'm in LA, I'm going to try and find him, but then I just realized he lives in Illinois. <laughs> next time I'm in Chicago. It's going to be hard to find Chips Enough. <laughs> All right, let's try Look in the freezer section. It's just this now. Uh. <laughs> I can turn this down. I can do it. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Much better. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. Ah, yeah. Why don't you put on some Van Wilhelm? Uh, run on one more time. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. What happened to him there? <laughs> and all I've got <laughs> Yes, I am <laughs> Oh, yes <laughs> Finally timed one good <laughs> That's when you come back into the verse Oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> oh yes! Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, what's in the news, Tommy? Oh, I got some news for you, buddy. Is the news that Gary Sharon has quit Van Halen? I can't <laughs> believe. 
Or was he uh, jettisoned like poor Michael Anthony? I didn't mind Gary Sharon there, but he was uh, not. I never. I don't think I've heard any of except for that that Pat has played. Yeah, I don't think I've heard any of the uh, Gary Sharon stuff. Much not not many people have heard it. The connection is wrong. (laughs) By the way, Gary Sharon next week nine (laughs) o'clock. Calling in. (laughs) We're going to turn him all the way down. Yeah, exactly. I met Don Felder at the whiskey (laughs) to interview ourselves. (laughs) Speaking of which, we have a. Yeah. A line on the guest next week? Can we announce? Or oh, what? What? Who? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's the guest. You well, tell me. You. Yeah. Who is the guest? Well, we have a show next week. We're supposed to be the producing yeah, the show, up? man. Well, next week we have a famous drummer from Modern Drummer Magazine. I believe That's he's the right. editor of the magazine. Is that right? Oh, is that the 29th? Yeah, I think so. But then we have someone else, right? Wait a second. You're totally unprepared. I am. You don't have the guy's name, and you announce it. You can't do that. You're making a pre-promotion. It's Billy Amendola. Oh, yeah, of course. Of Modern Drummer Magazine. And company. I just got word, by the way, and drummer will please, during the same show. Performed by Billy Amendola. This is actually Adler's Appetite. <laughs> Delicious. They have a snare drum and a gong, and Chip's enough just sits on the side of the stage smoking weed. And a couple snakes. Um, we have a guest next week. Uh, aside from <clears throat> that guest, we have two in-studio guests that I just got confirmation from who will be hanging out about 9.30. Dean Rispler from The Dictators and Ross the Boss yeah, from The Dictators. Yeah, first time ever. Ross the Boss, guitar player, founding member of Manowar, Legends. by the way. Legends. Founding member of Manowar will be in here. He now... Founding oh, member. Founding member, Pa. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! you ever heard of this? Manowar? And they wear underwear on stage, Pa. Huh? Uh, Manowar. Manowar. And now, um, they, they obviously still play in The Dictators together, but they're not... Allowed to call themselves the dictators. Right. They're back to being Manitoba's the, Wild Kingdom. Yeah, New Jersey Billy Corrigan's dictators. I hear the kids love it. <laughs> and he's a right wing freak. We'll argue with him about that. He also owns a batting cage place in Middle Village. He's a Queens guy. So uh, he wor- he owns and operates the place, and he'll be coming straight from the batting cage. Frozen ropes. Yeah, man. So, I mean, are you kidding me? Ross the Buff. He's in the Metal Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest rock and roll metal guitarists of all time. Him and Chips enough will go toe-to-toe. Original Dictators and Manowar. And, like, who is in, like, a punk band like the Dictators and also is in, like, Manowar at the same time? <laughs> it's really weird. Like, you're just like, eh. <laughs> go dip into the laundry and switch it up, I guess. But Ross the, the boss will be Willie on Elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's basically it. That's going to be next week. We'll so see tune you in. next week. What's in the news, Tommy? Oh, I thought we were going to go. Tommy Rockstar's totally legitimate news with Tommy Rockstar. Surfing the web, (laughs) Tommy Rockstar. Surfing the web is my favorite MOD album. Uh, Or Judas Priest single. Billy is a punk. Earlier this week, standing in front of a packed crowd at Bushwick's hipster haunt, House of Yes, (laughs) Mayor Bill de Blasio signed a law. Establishing the country's Bushwick's <laughs> busker build the the signing the country's first ever office of nightlife mm. law to be headed to the yet yet to be named nightmare. Oh, is this wait a second? Mayor of the night. <laughs> mayor of the night. I only come out after dark. I heard they were getting rid and of that uh, that cabaret bullshit. Is this connected to no, that? It is. Not? They were no. They're actually supporting it. So that this that this is a, a big push here. Dressing over a hundred people or so in the in the venue. Of, I am the new night mayor. Hundred people. Wow. That's a, Bull, please remove the plaintiff from the court. <laughs> <Nightmare>. <laughs>
I'm the nightmare. <laughs> Mayor of all things. I'm your worst nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. Nightmare on uh, WV11 this, this fall. I'm dressing over 100 or so venues. I can see the T-shirts. Tommy, get on that. Nightmare <laughs> is nightmare. A venue owners, promoters, and party associates and artists. Do nothing. Uh, including legendary Ramones drummer Marky Ramone. Never heard of Marky. The, the mayor lamented the city's past harassments of nightlife and promised that the new office would... <laughs> I am the night mayor. I I'm preside night over things that happen in the evening. Kick-ass jam. Listen hey, uh, to me. I heard your... Uh, Denizens of the evening. You're in jail in the middle of the night for a cocaine distribution. Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> Thank you. It's Harry Anderson. I have a pet armadillo. I Actual magician. I am practicing an integrated form of entertainment. <laughs> I couldn't get laid in college, so I bought this hat. That's when you could smoke in court. Sound like sucking them down in there. That's <laughs> 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 like Three's Company. That's the outro one? I don't know, it just kept going. That's right, it is. Defense. <laughs> This was the whole show. Trevor it really gets to spread his wings. That's defense. A, what does their client Tony? think of the Velvet Fog? <laughs> the whole show is a theme song, and then like Harry Anderson's like court adjourn, and then they, they play the outro. And he hits the gavel, and like a whole bunch of spring snakes fly out of it. <laughs> ah, Slash loves it. The nightmare lamented that the city's past. <laughs> Slash is like, hey man, you want some peanuts? And you're like, come on, Slash. I know there's snakes in Slash, the can not of real snakes. <laughs> that can of peanuts is from like 1952, dude. Slash is snake prop. He's like, come on, have a peanut. You know, you everyone loves peanut brittle. Exactly. Other people are selling like their family's marinara recipes, selling slashes, slashes, snake prop. All right, slash. I'll have a peanut. <laughs> oh, it's a snake. The night, a dangerous snake. Amuse your friends with a snake. The nightmare lamented the city's past harassments of the nightlife and promised that the new office think it's a beer. would wield tremendous power. Quote for me, the I'll punk be back in. Half an hour, I'm going to play. Don't fuck with my snakes. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the punk rock movement was tremendously important and spoke to my heart because we were trying to sort out the world, the punk rock mayor quipped before bragging uh, the about... punk rock mayor. You talking about Bill de Blasio? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. He quit before bragging about seeing The Clash at Bonds in 1981. Yeah. What, what drugs was he on and what grade did he get this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ASL. <laughs> there's quote... There's I gave some... a C plus. This is Mayor Bill de Blasio speaking. <laughs> I was on quite loots. Quote, there's something amazing happening here in America and first and foremost, that was about the Ramones. Right. Uh, the mayor continued, quote, there was a time in the city's history where these venues were not only challenged, but there were also systematic effort to undercut them. A, a lot of who uh, we are as a city was un undermined, mm -hmm. uh, and one of the big reasons was that it was hard to navigate the rules and restrictions in some Shut occasions. up, de Blasio. I am now mayor of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time navigating exactly. not being a corrupt piece exactly. of shit. Exactly. The first thing that I want to bring to session is every girl must wear... Open neck top. <laughs> Pay for my friends of Dracula. <laughs> Ladies, when you go out in the evening, you will not be allowed to You need a club if you don't wear tops with open neck. You're talking about Bill de Blasio. <laughs> uh, apparently, council member Rafael Espinosa. Shut up, Espinosa. I'm in charge now. <laughs> I am in charge. The mayor. <laughs> Bloomberg is gone. Donate to my drag pack. <laughs> I am as tall as Dracula. 
It's said to be and the just as ineffective. <laughs> Yet for some reason, I can shrink to the size of a bat. I want control of the schools. Es- Espinosa immediately is said now to- only night courses. Now <laughs> night courses. <laughs> oh, that's right. You want to brush up? Maybe get farther in your career. You have to go through me. You understand? <laughs> now don't call you. You have to call us. <laughs> Give me that sweet Lulu money. All your extra credits must come through me. No favors will be granted. You will not Call be me later. You will not be qualified for your new position. Supposed- Text me in code. Through me. Supposedly, council member. The at- night mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Sal Albanese can smell my shit. Supposedly, the council Espinoza is set to- in the running to be the new nightmare. Albanese cannot be married. It's a grunting and groaning. <laughs> Which is act to meant as liaison between City Hall and New York's $10 billion nightlife industry. That's right. I hold the purse strings. While also serving on behalf of the city's remaining DIY venues. The budget. The budget. I hold the purse strings. I predict it will take approximately 17 minutes for me to be bribed by a real estate consortium. Espinoza specified... So long, Shea Stadium. That's what he said. Actually, specifically cited Brooklyn's punk venue, Shea Stadium. I saw Eminent Domain. inspiration. 285 Kend, out of here. I saw Eminent Domain at CBGB. <laughs> In recent years, at least 30 cities across the world have established similar possessions, all of them based off of Amsterdam's widely praised... I have no possessions. Nachtburger Meester, which apparently God was the you. original... Nightmare City. I thought it was that was one of Annie Animal's hilarious characters. <laughs> Night Burger Meester. <laughs> like uh, uh, George the Goose. Or <laughs> Quote, it's going to be an even better place as a cool city, the, uh, the mayor said. <laughs> oh, God. We'll make it cool. Yes. As Everybody a- knows when you say cool, it makes it cool. <laughs> as doesn't a- do, doesn't have the opposite effect. <laughs> as a few dozen costume guests, including a large peacock, fill the, ro- the room for bordello-themed poetry. Night. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What the hell is happening? Yes, we this need is- to make the city cool again. Get the person who dresses up you like on a peacock m- on the end platform. Are you still feeling the effects of those mushrooms? I am, dude. No, this is what happened. There was a peacock at his press conference. Mm. The quote: "The bottom line is that this will help our neighborhoods and help our nightlife community." Right. Feel more supportive. So the question is, can we dance in the bars again? Yes, we can. I like the nightlife, baby. I like to boogie. (laughs) On the disco round. This story is out of California. Too sunny. Many of California's (laughs) regular scheduled broadcasts this week. My least favorite. (laughs) The Sunshine State. No. (laughs) No. I cannot go to the Sunshine State. A check negative right there. Mm. Many Californians' regularly scheduled broadcasts were interrupted this Thursday morning with a strange emergency message warning of extraterrestrial invasions in the beginning of Armageddon. Terrestrial. The bizarre warnings aired on TV in the Orange County area affecting Cox and Spectrum cable mm. users. Oh. This according to the Orange County Dolphin, the region's most respected paper. <laughs> what? That's what it says here. What? what? What do you say there, bottle nose? Oh, shit, I fucked up their whole radio show. God damn it. So, shut up, Dracula. Uh, the Orange County Dolphin, part of the Village Voice Management Group. <laughs> what do you say there, bottle nose? <laughs> one, of the, uh, one video of the baffling broadcast uploaded to, <laughs> to YouTube. The bungling, baffling burglar. <laughs> bungled. <laughs> included a terrified... Sheriff Bar- Mr. Burger. Jesus. Included a terrified, breathless voice saying, quote, they're not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated aspects of our military establishment, particularly Area 51. The disasters are coming. 
Mm. Turns out it was a sample from Children of the Corn in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Now, I, you said Area 51. It just reminded me. I should have asked. I don't know why I would have asked that, but I should have. I bet you Chips Enough's got a uh, Dave Mustaine story. Oh, yeah. It was a good one. Damn it. Quote. Uh, no, no quote. Uh, TRNN informants. Gary, get him back on the phone. Going <laughs> back. TRNN informants found that the audio originally actually came from like being called that. a call from the Art Bell Show, the host of a conspiracy theory theme Holy show Vos is a good called Coast to Coast. I'm Art Bell, and this is the drills. <laughs> <laughs> this is the music you tighten up to. <laughs> Straight out of Transylvania. That, that whole song is just the guy yelling at the other guys, like, come yeah. on, do better. Come on, like, come on yeah. drummer, yeah. tighten up. The guy's yeah. like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm a fucking he's, a, he's the coach. I've been doing this my whole life, you dick. Other videos of the emergency broadcast feature. You already it, recorded the song. The, the vocal's in overdub. Yeah. Why are you yelling at me? There's, I'm a already... There's a lot of instructions for doing it the way we want. Do yeah. harder. Now bring a clutch to the gig. <laughs> Don't forget the bass drum pedal. Uh, Other emergency Wrap up those chords. Tighten it up. He never did tell us how to tighten up, did he? <laughs> oh. yeah, it was, it's bullshit. It's a tease. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It was spurious at best. Other videos of the emergency <laughs> broadcast feature uh, a different voice warning, quote, extremely violent times to come. Mm. Redditor SmittenKitten77. Was this from uh, the violent a, times a, in uh, Orange County? Redditor SmittenKitten77. Reliable source, SmittenKitten77. The, vi- <laughs> the, the violent times is my favorite uh, juggalo <laughs> newspaper. Discovered the audio came from a Christian radio program called Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Mm. Sounds legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's named Swindle. Yeah, the aptly named Chuck Swindle. <laughs> give, give me your money. Quote. It almost pay sound- no attention to my surname. But Swindle. He said it was just a name. Quote. It almost sounded. <laughs> Technically, it's a peninsula. Quote. It almost sounded like Hitler talking. One riled up Cox customer told the Dolphin, "It it sounded like a radio broadcast coming from through the television." Wow. What do you say there, bottle nose? <laughs> It's still unclear whether the messages were broadcast intentionally or by accident, but right. broadcast signal intrusions by pranksters aren't unheard of. Right. Uh, oh, very heard of. <laughs> most, most famously, unidentified hackers hijacked Chicago. TV signals in Chicago in 1987, yeah. broadcasting footage of Max a man Hedrum, wearing right? a Max Hedrum mask mm-hmm. and a man's bare mask. Butt- I was lied to. A man's bare buttocks being spanked with a fly swatter. Right. <laughs> well, he wouldn't listen. <laughs> uh, Cox spoke- has a 10 cent fuck flicks gig with Gallier. <laughs> Cox spokesman Paul Buster told TRNN that the quality... You notice how we're not biting on the Cox yeah. thing, right? Hey, TRNN, don't forget about the Captain America broadcast down in Florida. <laughs> you guys know that Cox... There's been all sorts of infiltration. Cox is a cable network spe- with an X, by the That's way. That's good. <laughs> mm. Cox... Enough's enough with Cox... <laughs> there you go. I heard <laughs> they got <laughs> off of Paul O'Neill's cock and totally got onto Jeter's cock. Okay. Cox spokesperson cock. Paul Buster... <laughs> Told Tiernan that the company does not know how many customers were affected and is still trying to determine whether the original. Where the we original don't know how many cocks. Ira Glasky a bag lie. of dicks for all I care. We don't know how many people got stuck with cocks. Cocks. <laughs> Buster believes the system got the message after a radio station. Buster cocks. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Conducting love feelings. Cocks, 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 cocks. Banana, banana. <laughs> Feeling cocks, cocks, cocks. <laughs> Some bleed bleed in a flippy flop. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Me 
Feeling? Cock, cock, cock. Feeling? Cock, cock, cock. We'll have more show. on that story as it develops. <laughs> this, is like, this is the equivalent of uh, when my kid was really young, you know, I was fucking like trying to, shove, trying to shove your face into a fucking screen. This is the equivalent of this on the radio. You know, all day I'm like at work, I'm like, my life sucks, I'm so tired, I don't want to do the radio show, and then this happens, and I'm so happy. We're going to change gears here. We're going to move to Texas for a second. You know, he used to be in the New York town. And Not many people know. So, He's doing a character. <laughs> it's a joke. And an 82-year-old woman. <laughs> Jeez, what the hell was that? <laughs> a la- really loud Dracula, Dracula music. Like a rom-com wedding. I literally typed Dracula music into YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> an 82-year-old woman is suing the seafood chain Red Lobster in Texas. I like them young. <laughs> this month. Club Lobster. For getting her so drunk that she fell in the parking lot, breaking both her hip and arm. Oh, please. According to the suit filed in Harris County Court on Monday, Wanda Waffler had a... Oh, for fuck's sake. Per mm. point w- three one. <laughs> <my neighbor's here. laughs> I did not make that up. I Wanda, Wanda Waffler had a point three one blood alcohol level hey, as she left for the seat. <laughs> the seafood restaurant. The patches really leave because no. Wanda Waffle. Come on. <laughs> seafood restaurant back in March when she alleges the incident happened. Waffler, who lives in Shady Pine Senior Living Center nearby, mm. was taken to the hospital after she fell in the Red Lobster parking lot. The 113-pound uh, Waffler Wave. broke her right hip and right arm and hit her head on the ground, according to local radio station FM 97.5 The Crow. <laughs> Holy shit, will you look at this fucking thing? <laughs> Sorry, that's that's Jay at Red Lobster. <laughs> oh shit, Jay! It's a baby fucking wheel. No, man. sir, it's a re- it's just a lobster. <laughs> Holy shit, look at this fucking thing. Sir, oh, we man, serve that Jay every day. It comes from Cuba. It comes with cheese biscuits. <laughs> Jay, that is still good meat on that fucking fish kid. That's, 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 that's Jay when like uh, the other guy uh, uh, that's Mike when Jay doesn't finish his yeah, red sir, lobster. Sir, we only serve class D sir, food here. Mike's like, ah, Jay's like, ah, I think I'm done. I'm, uh, I'm stuffed. Jay, that, that is still good good meat on that fucking fish kid you don't that's that yeah part. that's that's when you don't finish your dinner with your parents kid. yeah <laughs> once wa- still good meat in there once jay wa- that is still good meat on that fucking fish kid we're not going anywhere once we're wa- not going anywhere until you finish that we call the aquarium or something dude. <laughs> that's what he says when he sees the lobster yeah. tank we're going to call red, the aquarium cuz right. you haven't eaten a bit red lobster's running out of food <laughs> that fish right back in the aquarium. You don't eat that. We're not leaving this restaurant, Jay. Uh, sir, would you like to uh, choose a lobster out of the tank? I got Jay, one nice night it. out a month! Jay, let's get it! <laughs> Anything else with your lobster, sir? Man, Jay, that's that what is you a said. fucking... That's a tuna, bro! That's what you said. You said, let's get it when you saw it on the menu, and now you're not even touching it. <laughs> this is him looking at you the menu. You looked at the menu, and Man, you said... Jay, that is a fucking... That's a tuna, bro! <laughs> You looked at the menu, you pointed, and you said, let's get it. I remember it. <laughs> Jay, let's get it. See? And now you won't eat a bite. Jay's got a little fucking fishing hook. Are you <laughs> shitting me? That's the hook you come? <laughs> they're trying to, in my mind, they're trying to fish. These two yeah. jadoodles trying to fish the lobster out of the tank at Red Lobster. Oh, yeah, exactly. They're By the way, those lobster at Red Lobsters have been in there for like 120 years. <laughs> they just they, they, they just put like fake crab meat. In and they're, exactly. They have beards.
Once Waffler was in beards and lobsters. That's right. Lobster's got a fucking fountain. Somebody's got to feed them hog. Lobster's got a fountain pen. He's writing a fucking competitive Mark Twain fucking. You never heard tell of a boot? Knock that Mark Twain. Show him whose business. Once Waffler was next week. By the way, we're going to interview an old lobster. He's got incredible stories. Once Waffler was admitted to the hospital, she stayed there for six days and had to undergo a complete hip replacement, according to the suit. Mr. Lobster, uh, who's the uh, biggest dick you ever met? It's Billy Corgan. I know I'm a... I'm a lobster with a beard, and I'm very, uh, but I can't, and I can't speak. But I'm telling you, it's fucking Billy Cook. I saw a complete hip replacement at the. Uh, <laughs> they went on after the cell phones, I believe. Exactly. This is. At, it's funny because they're a complete cover band. <laughs> Apparently, this isn't the first Spark time. Spark it up, Sparky. <laughs> Apparently, this isn't the first time that Red Lobster has been accused of over-serving their patrons. Ooh. The suit claims that Waffler's daughter, Wendy Waffler, stuff was was spoken with. The, it's only Waffler then. Had spoken with the management at Red Lobster several times about serving her 82 year old mother. If you've ever been at a Red Lobster and asked to speak to the manager, <laughs> just kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. And some some 21 year old kid comes out from the back. What's the problem, sir? Mm. Listen, there's 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 many other options available to you besides complaining to the manager of Red Lobster. I have yes. no idea what's going on. There's just go many... down. You know what? Just leave half the lobster there and go down the block there's, and eat. Get a piece slice of pizza and go of, home. There's tons of other. You don't even have to move your car. There's tons of other <laughs> options in this fucking <laughs> strip mall. Oh yeah, in Long Island, you're at the anywhere. Red Lobster. Just go next door to yeah, the freaking anywhere, whatever. Yeah. Anywhere you go, Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've made it this oh, far. Man, Billy man, Joel's we house. Need fucking help, buddy. Quote, this was an ongoing problem with Mrs. Waffler's daughter uh, that she tried to quell it, but to no avail, the suit says. This is Mrs. Been- Waffler, you've you got a lovely daughter. lovely daughter. Apparently, this has been a re- I'm back. Mrs. Waffle, we're going to eat some lobster. This has been a reoccurring problem with multiple. Herman's Hermits is just a musical Guy Ritchie film, apparently. This has been a reoccurring problem with multiple Shady Pines residents. Not, uh, 97.5. I'm the, surprised things aren't on the level. It's Shady, Shady Pines. Pines. <laughs> 97.5. The Crow reports that Texas Red Lobster has been accused of... The Lobster. <laughs> You're listening to The Lobster. 101.9. Here's enough's enough coming at you. Yeah. Has refused to comment and redirected inquiries to the national spokesman of Red Lobster, who did not immediately respond to media. Imagine requests. you're the national exactly. spokesman of Red Lobster, like you go home to your parents and you're like, you know, well, you know, I have this business degree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then all he can say is like, "Look, Lobster's the loss leader. I don't know what to tell you. It's pretty standard business practice. <laughs> you better get on my side, Dad, because Lobster is the fucking wave the of the future. Insane market the booze. It's like a thimbleful of vodka. <laughs> the rest is all Windex. I'm going to say one word to you. I'm going to say one word to you. Cut rate wind. Lobster. Lobster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right? Yeah, I got two even, words for you. Lobster. Yeah, yeah. Lobster. It's not, it's not even Windex. It's, I buy it at the 99 cent store. That was the alternate script <laughs> of the graduate. I'm going to say one word it's to you. It's Dustin. a thimble full of 93, lobster. the crow, vodka. <laughs> I got three words for you. Lobster. <laughs> Promotional vodka. That's let me tell you Let game. me tell you two or three things. Lobster. W-F-B-Y. The Lobster. The lobster. Pennsylvania, there was a, there was a Eastern lobster. Pennsylvania's own. There was a red lobster up on uh, Queens Boulevard in Forest Hills that we used to call Club Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> like every weekend there was a shooting at it. Down, <laughs> down, down. <laughs> what is going on over Club Lobster? Club two Lobster! More, two more people got shot at Club Lobster this week. <laughs> two more people got shot. <laughs> Eating from a tank. Look at my shoes. Exactly. I've never seen a donk in New York City. 
According to multiple reports, <laughs> there goes the man cow. <laughs> it's chipped enough. Don't worry, it's just a name. Call you on the air. Hey, this is my favorite radio station. Hey, good. Uh, what's the phrase that pays you, son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you tune in? Did you? Uh, apple juice and dick in the morning. All right, exactly. You've just won uh, a free lobster. live lobster. <laughs> um, uh, rubber bands not included. Oh, man. How right. drunk are you, dude? How far are you, Mario? Yeah, but Mario you arriving so I can split. I, I drove senior citizens home. Mm, yeah, oh. I'm not drunk. I drove senior citizens home. Doesn't mean... Oh, why? You, did you come back to Queens already? Mario left his, uh, lost his dad's keys, and he's stuck in Atlantic City. $500 later, he's I back in Middle pay, Village. Uh, it cost me 500 bucks. Did you make 500 bucks in poker, Mario? No. I lost... <laughs> I, I like I, t- I texted Soli uh, your predicament and he wrote back nice <laughs> I could just imagine the montage he loses the keys I can win it at the poker table <laughs> but I'm gonna get it back dun, 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 Mary dun, how dun, far dun, away from the barrage are you I will be here at 11.01 save the game for me and take five with Mario coming up oh boy all right what else in the Mario list? got pulled over the other night by the way and uh he was not drunk thankfully I mean no, no it's just a matter of time he was completely yeah. sober and the cop you know I have a theory about this because <laughs> Pat do you know when like you you do the thing where you flash the brights at the guy coming at you when there's a cop yeah he did that and the cop made a U-turn and pulled him over ah, yeah. nice. so he goes ah your license plate light is out which is complete horse shit yeah, the thing the so I'm like Mario the guy totally pulled you over because you fucking did the bright thing to the other guy that's why he did it so he got off the hook anyway with a pocket full of herbs. Well, it's funny you say that because according to multiple reports, that's the news. Multiple. Yeah, nice job, Tom. Good job. What should we do? I can't believe you didn't. You really want to wait for this guy? Pat's going to kill him. You didn't tell the story out of Kentucky about the prisoners. No, I didn't oh, I didn't catch that one right. They, I was in a rush they today. They hopped the fence. I was in a rush. They ran to Dollar Tree, broke in, stole cigarettes and lighters, and brought them back to prison. And went back into their they cells? Went, yeah, and then they climbed back in over the fence. Oh, my God. And went God. back into Couldn't jail. they just get, like, a pigeon or some Security shit? Security cameras saw them specifically. Wow. So, but they still swear they didn't do it. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. I would have read that if I knew about it. Shit. I'm out of the loop. I heard about that this morning. <laughs> the, you're out of... Chicago's The Loop, the 101.9. 97.6 The Loop. W-L-P-Y. Does Chips Enough do a morning show every morning on that? I think so. It or sounds like it, right? Once I think he may have done it once. No, it sounds like he said he has to wake up every morning and go in there and do it. I wake up every morning. Breakfast, flip a flop, flipping a flop. But I'm saved by the bell. You guys want to take a break away from Mario? Yeah, sure. Take a quick I'm on my way, Captain. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I really like. I, 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 in my life, I've made friends with a lot of people. Like Pat and I have been friends with so long, Ryan and Tommy. And I just d- don't understand how I have this new friendship with this maniac. I know. Like, actually, when I first met, I, you- I mean, I love him, but I only love him because I know him, and I, I hate him. I, it's like <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> to no, no. I see you've no, got a bit of this Stockholm Syndrome, Captain. It happens to everybody. It's true. I see why I'm friends with so many. And him, I'm I remember sure. when I first met him and I was like, uh, you know, I realized you guys had like this weird, deep seated relationship. I'm just still trying to figure it out to this day. I'm I, glad that Tommy said deep seated. Did you notice that, Pat? Yes. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You guys on top of it. 
Okay. Mario, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, the thing I noticed about him is when I became friends with Mario is that he had no other friend. And I'm like, well, that's a tip-off right there. I'm exhausting. I mean, he's <laughs> fucking exhausting. He fucking is. Dude, he's got friends that just die, that's all. <laughs> that's nah. it. Yeah, he's, he's been around for so long, he's just tired you out. No, You're just wore out. You come from the show. They left. You come from that fucking job of yours and try to do this show and everything, and you're just fucking wiped out. That's what I get to listen to him. Him and my the- wife screaming at the poker table at the same time. When he Are you playing Bosom Buddies Love right you, now? Uh, we'll be back after this yeah. with Mario. And this his, input uh, is not working. Live from Atlantic City. We'll see if Pat's still here or if he takes an Uber. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Back in like uh, 10 minutes. Yeah, tune yeah. in after the break and see what I do. That's Ryan game coming up. Play along at home. I choose my own adventure. Thank you. Yeah. Don't you have homes? Well, it's even. I love this song. We'll be right back with uh, Tips and O's. Hot mic, hot mic. Radio show, Dick. What's buried in this scene? Enemy soldiers surround us, so deep under brush. We swim, trying to traitor, and never come back up.
Nightmare. Fucking yeah, that's like a two and a half minute uh, teenage fan club outro there. I'm your nightmare. When you put out the light. Jesus, I legislated in the night. The nightmare. He's busy. The nightmare starts now. I sleep in the day. And we're back with Mario, who uh, has been, he's the nightmare. Hey, what's up, Mario? What happened to you today? And a yeah, we get it. Right. It's Mario. Let's have some fun. Yeah, we were having way fun. You think I was gone, but I'm not done. Where's Mike? Anyway, <laughs> I'm back. I, I'm glad I made it because I was supposed to be here at 9 o'clock. What happened? A oh, disaster in Atlantic City. You know, last time I took my phone. That's my Bruce Springsteen bootleg? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Last time I took Well, I lost my keys in my desk for last night, and the gambling commission's on its knees. Well, I didn't set up the mics right. Mario. I got a big So this bootleg sounds like shit. Philly style. <laughs> Mario, how did you lose keys? I don't understand. All right. So the last time we went to Lang City, it was bad enough that I got a speeding ticket on the way home. Uh, but that was uh, it. Mr. State Trooper. The trip was over. We had a lot of fun. We all I had won some money. Left my keys in it. This time, and I got two points on my license. I did. They said nine more, and I can't drive. Mary, I thought you lost in a poker bet or something. Yeah, I threw my keys. I'm all in. Why is Tom Waits? Then I threw the Lincoln Continental keys on the on the stack. So what happened? I got six uh, girlies in my Lincoln, back to Lincoln Continent. Why should I say when these guys can say it so much better? Well, tell us what happened. So, it's been 25 years and my dad still can't speak English. Man, when he comes up to me and speaks Sicilian in front of all the card players, everybody just drops jaws. Come on, he goes, he got That's exactly, that's it. And then this, this other guy is like, I'm Sicilian. I said, well, you understand what he says? No, I didn't learn how to speak Sicilian. And then not only that, he has the nerve to bluff <laughs> no, me. I'm from two blocks right over. after, he, right he, after he, he says that. that. He said that and bluffed you at the at the poker table at at the casino. I had a three four <laughs> of spades. <laughs> I ended up on Fourth Street with a pair of fours and threes mm. and four spades. Bad well, I ended up on Fourth Street. <laughs> Everybody's raising. I'm calling. The last card's a spade. I got a spade, but it's only four high. What does this mean? Check, man? check, and the and the Sicilian oh, my son. Like he goes eighty dollars, and I'm like, oh, he's got to have a bigger flush. Your than dad me. pushed eighty bucks, an no, eighty dollar bet. At no, you? the guy next to me who was impressed also by my son. Also, I said, I said, I said, that guy started laughing like a suga. He showed a pair of queens. He bluffed me right out of it. I had the small flush. Anyway, I get there yesterday. We check in. I go get the keys so I can get my phone because the, the room's not ready. And so we're going to have a little lunch at the poolside. And I, that's the last I saw How did you keys. get your phone out of the car when it's connected to the console? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by a curly cord. 
No, it's, I just took it out. I got back. Now your cell phone's an actual car phone from the 80s. Then it's a, shoe a fax phone. machine. <laughs> and then we... Hello? Ancient Sicilian secret. Hello, we, chief. We sat down. We played p- cards. I was on Why a streak. I won $160. Now we go out to eat. I'm taking my dad to dinner for his birthday. And what did he order? The shepherd's pie? <laughs> he had the... Uh, the struns. He, he had the struns. No, the chicken parm. He had the chicken parm. <laughs> anyway. Don't eat light. <laughs> now, Don't eat light. light. Bring me two chicken parm. it's like 8.30 at night. I'm like, chicken I want... Chicken parm for 8:30 two. 8.30 at one. night. Your parents should have been bed two hours ago. No, they don't sleep. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go... And a kid like you at I'm your age losing their keys. And take I, wouldn't a nap. I wouldn't sleep either. Right? I figured I'd go take a nap. And come back and play Wake some up night, every five minutes, Mario's poker. my son. Night poker. <laughs> night terror. By the nightmare. And I said, let me go to the car to get a little smoke, you know, a little smoky smoky. The only poker I play is a, after and, dark. And there were no keys. No keys in my pockets, no keys in the room. Your dad started yelling at you? No, no, he didn't know because he You lose playing. everything. So now I've got security guards going to the pool that's closed with flashlights with me. Listen, I want to tell you something as your friend. You are a fried, brain-dead, fried like, green tomato. You know it. I was Like you're all over the place. Why don't you put everything you have in one bag and carry around a purse or something? I lost yeah. the key. It's just one key on a pink Why don't you get a fanny pack? But I you lost lose it before. One thing every I got time. really wasted playing poker, but I was winning. I said, all right, now that I'm going to go That key costs $750,000. You can't lose it. So now I, I call this morning. It's like the insurance company. You know, you don't have emergency road service on my parents' car. So it's $100 for the tow. We got to go to some Chapman Ford Lincoln uh, on Black Horse Pike. <laughs> and... There they hit me up for the keys are 150. You got to get two of them. They come in pairs. Uh, so it's 300. Just like crabs. $65 for the programming. I mean, I said, do you remember you used to make a key? It was $1.99 at, at Medco on the corner. Do you there. remember those days when you used to make just one key? That dime in the pocket is a song about New Orleans. So that's it. I, 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 then tonight I just lost 100 and. 120, and then I lost another 80, so it was a bad trip. I don't usually this lose in, in cards, John. You know that. I know. You're, you're very stable. You're a steady But player. I was on tilt. This was a... Stable. Ka- put a kibosh. Because I, I tell you why. You threw good money after bad. You were trying to make back the key money. That's yeah, you already your, had bad that's juju. That's the prop. Uh, it was a bad, it was a bad karma. It was a bad kibosh. I put the so kibosh what is your dad do? Your dad doesn't yell at you? He doesn't smack you in the head and call you head of the giant he squash said, for losing the key? Does he, does he beat fucking, you with a rolling pin? Because we didn't stay at the water club. <laughs> with a wooden spoon. <laughs> We're in Atlantic City. Why do you have a rolling pin? I don't know. Just in case. I knew you'd be fucking stunned and I had to hit you. This is no. my travel rolling pin. <laughs> no. Like a little rolling pin, like three inches long. <laughs> He makes excuse. He was good. He, he, made, no, right he makes excuses. He goes on the plane, no problem. Uh, it's because exactly. we, we stayed at the water island club. Special island, like Smaller than the other club. one. It fits in an overhead, you dummy. What's a water club, Mario? We, instead of staying at the Borgata, we, we stayed next door at the water club. <laughs> was it shittier combination? No, it's better. And there's nicer girls at the pool. Right. But uh, he's like, he blames nice, the water the club. The he blames the... Uh, you know, he brings I said, Dad. I said, Dad, Papa. I love I high school girls. It's a fault. I get older and they stay the same age. I said, It's my fault. It's my fault. Don't look for a hundred excuses. I, I did it all myself. I'd show you my car, but my son's a dummy. And then he's like, I love high school girls. They get older and I always stay the same age. The, the Immortal. This morning, he's like, 
Let's just get those keys made and get the hell out of here. Right, but he I'm says like, that in Italian, right? Yeah, I'm like, no, I said, Dad, because he's taking a beating on the 2-5 table. I said, Dad, you've got to go to the 1-2 table. What is he playing, stud? No, hold, hold him, hold him. Oh. I said, you've got to stop Buckaroo. being the little fish in the big pond. You've got to right. go to the 1-2 and be the big fish in the pond. If you look around the table and you don't see the student out, the student out is you. And he was <laughs> right. He got the four aces. He got the bad beat, $250 jackpot. And Whoa. He did a little bit better at 1-2. He lost with four aces? No, that's he didn't. No, no. They give you every 15 minutes the highest oh, hand right. in the okay. room gets $250. No, that's not bad beat. That's high hand. High hand. Yeah. And uh, because I think last night in two five, I think he lost a grand. By the way, uh, in the next fifteen minutes, we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. He lost a freaking grand. That's four keys. Right, and that's it. But better yet, John, I left a poker game the other night. And I got pulled over again. What I know. I, I just told the I, people all about it. What do I got? A sign on my back? It's almost like it's being broadcasted. <laughs> yeah. It's called swerving. <laughs> you should, swerving. You should. I told you to take that fuck the police bumper sticker off the back of that no, it's Kia Sorento or whatever. Yeah. The guy's parked on the other side of Northern, and then I'm going to I Yes, we got him, it already. I told the story. Flashing, Ryan, flashing. what's in the game? Okay. We got to go. Mario, I, I love your story, but, but it's yeah, we, we, don't, we have limited time here. John, I have to go. I'm going to eat this sandwich. No, Mario, you're going to hand me some of that sandwich. Listen, I would love to talk to you all day uh not really but uh, chips enough is coming in gotta we got to do the ryan game here he brought he brought enough chips how's that saying go pat and now from a barrage in queens new york it's time to a, play a stitch in time saves huh? where we expose oh. these smart asses for the hey everybody uh it's live really from the barrage are. every week ryan here's comes up with a game for us we don't know what it's going to be ryan here's Collison. your host ryan collison he's going to come up with a trivia game with play along at home Every week, Tom and Mario come in with stuff that makes a lot of noise in the microphone. Yeah. Tom's been eating my food lately. He ate my I'm going to leave for another two months. What was that plate? Out of here. Out of here. And the animal's garbage plate? Yeah. That shit made me shit for shit in seven days. Right. Shit. Mario shows up to Meltasia. I don't even want to tell you. He goes, I got to go to the room. I go, why? Yeah, he goes, Tommy. I got I to uh, clean my ass. That's oh, man. It was like, I don't want to hear this shit. Just go to the room and take a shower. I gotta hear about his swung pass. That's Let's where I, That's where I hide my weed. Wrong with the game. That's the rules Fuck the, the audience. Right Ryan, what's in the game this week? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna tell you. This is good, Mary. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you which actor killed which actor, and you're gonna oh. tell me what movie it is. Oh, I like it. Oh, please. I'm already you thinking about a boat. See, uh, <laughs> what? You never heard tell of a boat? <laughs> <laughs> I got that the one final click. <laughs> Took a second. I'm a little slow. Pull, pulled a grenade and threw that in there. Uh, most people wouldn't get it at all. Pulled a pen and took it through. Took about eight seconds. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm older than you. Most people wouldn't get it. Jay, let's get it. Mary, are you ready? <laughs> They're on a boat. All right, what's in the game, Ryan? Just call it out when, I, when you know the answer. Which actor killed which actor? Bruce Willis kills John Travolta. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yes. All right. Oh, I see what's going on Shouting here. Shouting it out. You're the best. Oh, not in real life, you mean. Matt Damon kills Jude Law. Mm, Matt Damon kills Jude Law. Pretty in pink. Face off. No, I no. don't know. One of those uh, yeah. born, born identity. I think pa- I'll go born supremacy just for the, <laughs> the, the born iniquity. <laughs> It is the talented Mr. Ripley. Ah. Christian Slater kills Gary Oldman. Christian Sid and Nancy. 
Christian Slater. Good, good guess. Good guess. Christian Slater kills Gary Oldman. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. <laughs> Happy Harry Hardon. Yeah. That's not right, is it? No. Uh, the radio host doesn't murder someone. <laughs> we should do this show driving around into Jeep. This show's getting really rebellious. I'll just say Heather's for the hell of it. Just it is... True romance. Ah, uh, damn it. James Gandolfini beats the crap out of a woman in that <laughs> Thank you. Rest in peace, know. sir. She, she stabs him in the foot, right? Uh, I don't know. Well, there you go. George Clooney kills Brad Pitt. Batman. Seven. <laughs> Brad Pitt was a joker, right? It was Angelina Jokely. <laughs> oh, brother, where are they? The joke's on him. Are you telling us the real answer? No. No. I don't watch movies. George Clooney kills Brad Pitt. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Ocean's Eleven. No. The Pirates he, of Ocean's Penzance. Thirteen. He, he stabs him in the bathtub, and Elliot Gould is there or something. <laughs> With the big cigar. Yeah. Looking at He's wearing those Goliath glasses, like three hundred bucks. I like to lick cigars. <laughs> the answer is Burn After Reading. Ah, I like that movie. That be build a, f- a fucking machine. <laughs> Bob saying broken arrow. Mary saying true. Arrow. Adam Sandler. Mary. Good job, Mary. You got it. Kills Carl Weathers. Adam Sandler. Uh, the, the water boy. Happy Gilmore. Kills ah, Happy, fuck this. Apollo right. Creed. Happy Gilmore. Mario's on the board. I got one, right? Yeah. Woohoo! Dolph Lundgren. Did he talk like a baby while he killed Apollo Creed? <laughs> <laughs> Get Dolph here. Lundgren kills Carl Weathers. Rocky. Rocky Four. Yes. The Rocky Four. Thank you. Yeah, I have times, two points. How many, times, how many times has Carl Weathers been killed in a movie? Oh, living in a oh, well, he dies in, in Predator, right? Right. And he, That's when all three him of and, right him, and, him and Rocky are running on the beach. He has a heart attack, I believe, and drops dead. <laughs> you know what never dies? Residual <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> Thank you, WPIX. The lobster. Exactly. I will totally be killed in your movie. <laughs> I'll do my own lines in Spanish exactly. Univision. <laughs> I have no agent. Call me. Exactly. <laughs> my person, my, my teacher at the learning annex told me I had the best, best death scene of the entire class. Do you know how many times Robert De Niro gets killed in movies? 17. Well, he usually lives. Well, once. He does die. Taxi well, he, driver. Yeah, his no, character Cape Fear, dies. Cape Fear, doesn't he die? Oh, yes. yes. Oh, he yeah. dies. He's speaking in tongues as he's drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nolte's like, what the fuck is going oh, on? Stick him back under the water. <laughs> Get back under the water. The Can you be quiet? Who, me? Nick no. I didn't want to kill you. I just want to pipe down. The real Raging like Bull died. The real close. Raging Bull died this week. That's right. Oh, yeah. Rest, in, Rest peace, in peace, Jake. Fuck him. Okay. He took a dive, and he hit girls. Fuck that guy. Uh... Jake, what's the matter? Mandy Patinkin and Christopher Guest. Kills mm. Christopher Guest. Oh, well, um, that would the, be the Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, I think, got it first. Yeah, that's no. right. Keep your own damn score. I mean... <laughs> I have two. Pat has two. Hey, uh, John, could you turn on Mary's mic? <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Actually, can you turn it down if he's eating? <laughs> Jamie Foxx kills Tom Cruise. Uh, oh, Ray. Ray. Right. <laughs> in real life, Ray Charles murdered oh, that, that movie where they're mucking, I know it. They're in they're a, taxi mucking around dra- a taxi. Yeah, they're mucking around. The blue blue, blue taxi day night fucking. Uh, it's a terrible movie. Permanent midnight. It's one. It's one. It's one word. It's, it begins with an I or something. Ray. Collateral. 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 Nobody gets it. Dude, what are you clipping your fucking nails? What is going on? No, it's me going like <laughs> this. For the... from. Stop. Please stop doing that. Uh, don't look at me. Clint, I'm East- Clint Eastwood kills 
Gene Hackman. Uh, the Unforgiven. Yeah. Deserve ain't got nothing Great to do with movie. it. The best part about... One of the few really good Clint Eastwood movies. It is. And the, the best part about Gene Hackman's death scene is uh, um, Gene Hackman is already shot. And he can't believe what's happening. And uh, Clint Eastwood's about to shoot him in the face, which you don't see. But he goes, uh, Gene Hackman is more concerned with... The, like He goes, I, I, I don't deserve this. I'm building a house. <laughs> like he's busy building the roof. That's what he's more concerned with than like his immort his mortality. Mm. He wants to finish the roof. Like Jimmy Carter. Exactly. Exactly. And Clint Eastwood's like, I want to go back upstairs and get more hand jobs. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> There's one one too many dicks on the dance floor. <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Gene Happy. You shoot me in the face, you think? I put the toilets in there. If any of you guys want to kill any more whores, go exactly. fuck yourself. <laughs> Tim Curry. Got a hand job from everybody. Rocky Hara. Meatloaf. Rocky, Rocky Hara. Hara. Picture Meat, show. Meatloaf. Crap or not crap? Crap. Crap. I got that one. I got two not points. Crap. Emilio Estevez kills Jack Palance. Oh, uh, Young Guns. Yeah. Damn. How many you got, Tommy? One. Jeez. I, I think that's two for your time, no? Oh, I thought I had two, but Chris I think it's one. Cooper. Hey, Paul. Chris Cooper. Ha <laughs> ha. Chris Cooper coming up, Paul. Kills Kevin Spacey. Uh, the uh, usual suspects? No. Uh, Kevin Spacey. It was Kaiser Soze. Oh, oh. No, that's not it. Kevin Spacey lives. Chris yeah, Cooper kills. There's no coke on this Kevin boat. The, um... <laughs> no fucking coke. What's that, you Irish jerk? <laughs> There's no coke on this boat. <laughs> Reservoir dogs. No. He's not in that. Come on. All right. It is... Batman Returns. No. Is it? American Beauty. American Beauty. I was oh, going to guess that. I love that Dad. movie. That's right. Chris Cooper does kill him. He's oh, soaked in rain. This is a good movie. Uh, Jude Law kills Tom Hanks. Again with the Jude Law. Not the Korean pop star or the weather event. Uh, the one with the Jude, Jude Law. Jude kills. Law kills. Mission Impossible. Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, the one where his eye falls out. Uh, the one where he was running around a scooter with Julie Roberts. Running around. He's all busy running around He's in a scooter. Is that a rom-com? He's on a Vespa. Joe versus the volcano. Mm, I don't know, man. Is that is that true? No. Road to Perdition. Uh, I never saw that. I should see that good. movie. I heard it's good. Yeah, Thank you. Paul Newman. Tough words. Never heard of him. He's a son of a bitch in that movie. Mm, Ryan, somebody's got to feed them hogs. Ryan, did you win an Emmy last week? No. Oh, damn it. You lose an Emmy? You lost your streak. Robert Duvall kills Michael Douglas. The Godfather. Wall Street. No, um... <laughs> I'm sick of your Wall Street ways. Basic instinct? No. Greed. Uh, it's good. Hmm. War of the oh, Roses. The, the preacher. Uh, the, the fucking... Falling down. The, the, falling down. Uh, falling good. down. Oh, that's right. You, uh, Duvall's the cop. Good movie. Take that, Michael Le Douglas. Leonardo DiCaprio kills Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, Gangs you in New York. You put a knife. This is a kill. This is a kill. Listen to me, you Irish N-word. I'm going to make you speak English with this knife. Whose man are you? <laughs> Be me like one of your Irish girls. Leonardo DiCaprio was like, hello, love, I'm Irish. He's a fucking douchebag accent in that movie. Meanwhile, Daniel Day-Lewis is busy living on a farm for five years preparing for the part, and this jerk-off waltzes in like, hello. Genu. Get out of here. Russell Crowe. I wore a prosthetic Russell. for five years. <laughs> Braveheart. I wore an Irishman on my back for five years. 
just to get in the mood for this part. He kept him in a backpack. Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix. What's that? Russell Crowe kills mm. Joaquin Phoenix. Whatever. Uh, b- the fabulous bo- boxing Mr. movie or something. <laughs> exactly. No. The fabulous they failed, boxing movie. They failed, they failed new headliners. <laughs> <laughs> That's real life, I believe, that Russell Crowe killed him. Russell Crowe. The Crowe 97.5 of that. They call what? it a Joaquin. I'll kill you. Russell, Russell Crowe is marching around Dublin today just hoping to be recognized. The He's throwing river, the phones at people. The River's Edge. I guess. Gladiator. Oh, yes, yes. I know Mark it well. Wahlberg kills. Best part of The Sopranos when that, uh, Joey the Pants departed. comes in with the, the chain and he's like, ah, I'm the, the gladiator. Departed. Look at me. Yes. The baby will. I got Damn three. It. Christian Bale kills Jared Leto. Um, uh, the, the Justice Batman. League. Batman. My so-called life. The social <laughs> justice fucking. All Leto. Right, all right. Oh, oh, oh. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> that new Batman movie. I like nope. Jared Leto because <laughs> he, I am. Get older, he stays the same. Um, Dallas Buyers Club. Squad. Nope. Dallas Buyers Club. Nope. They're in that movie together. The answer is... 30 Seconds from Mars. Lido. How was your trip to Mars? How was your trip to Mars? Oh, yeah. Sack. How was your trip to Mars? Jared Leto? He doesn't really kill him, though. Jared Leto was right. in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's Paul yeah. Walker. Well, it's all in his imagination at the end of how was your trip to Mars? <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. I'll let you know in 30 seconds. Yeah, right. I'll be there in a half a minute. <laughs> With my 30, dick. Burst, 30 minutes to Mars. Dan- Doing my dickhead band. Daniel Day-Lewis kills Paul Dano. My left foot. Who the hell's Paul, Paul Dano? Dano? Dano Dano. Oh, that would be the... Uh, Dano. I drink your milkshake. Dano Dano. Um, uh, there will be blood. Waddle Goobled. When I found you... This. You're a bastard in a basket. There will be blood is my favorite move. That's all you are is a Old country for basket. no men. Old what? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone kills Wesley Snipes. Oh, Rambo. Uh, Judge Dredd. Dredd. Come on, I'm not right. Oh. Damn. Come on. Blade. Greatest pinball machine ever. Demolition Man. Demolition Man. I was close. How many more do you want to do? Uh, Let's keep going. All of them. them. Let's go like... Till I win! Four or five more until Pat wins. We have four minutes before the air. Peter Peter Scolari kills Tom Hanks. Hanks. Bosom Bosom buddy. (laughs) The the Bosom buddy massacre. (laughs) I had it with you. That was the TV movie. (laughs) The Matlock movie of the week. The Bosom buddy It was Peter Scolari, Tom Hanks, and Renny or Wolfcast. Who's the dude who used to appear in all those fucking TV movies? Richard Chamberlain. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, what do we got? Peter Stromer kills Steve oh. Buscemi. Fargo. Yes. Wow, I just guessed. Wow. I don't know yeah, who the hell right. Peter Stromer is. But... He put his friend in a wood chipper. Oh, Stromer. Stromer. An aristocrat. Stromer. <laughs> Keanu Reeves <laughs> kills Dennis Hopper. Speed. Speed. Damn it. I thought it was called the bus that wouldn't slow down. <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, uh-huh. Javier oh, kills Harvey. Bond movies. Javier Bardem. Those new Bond uh, movies. A Hospital of Solace or something. <laughs> Bond 2. Quantum of Solace. Quantum? Quantum? <laughs> wrong <laughs> ooh, bro. What the fuck? That doesn't You wrong Tron, bro. <laughs> Sky, Skyfall. Skyfall. What did I say? Hospital of Solace? That's wrong. <laughs> I like that better. Skyfall, now on PS2. <laughs> Available on New Line VHS. <laughs> oh. 
All right, one more. One more. All right. Who's in the Steely lead? Dan. Jesse Eisenberg kills Bill Murray. Um, Batman oh, versus Superman. No, 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 no. I know this. This is actually, I love this movie. Rushmore. I can't remember. No, I can't remember the fucking name of it, but it's a fucking great movie. Woody Harrelson's in it. What about what? Bob? Uh, that girl with the big mouth who everybody seems to be attracted to. Cameron Diaz? Is there such... Bill Murray. Yeah, I want to say it. Yeah. It's like a, she uh, has a I large it. mouth. It's a zombie film. Oh, Zombieland. Zombieland. All right, so Pat gave that to me anyway. What's the score? final score? No one kept score. All right, Pat, you're the winner. Congratulations. <laughs> who feels like the winner? Right. Pat kicked ass. We'll be I'm back so next happy week. To be back. With a lot Chips of enough. fun stuff. Chips and up will be here. Rob Zombie coming in, Rob. Billy Amendola of Modern Drummer Magazine, also Dean Rispler, and Ross the fucking boss of Manowar yeah. and the Dictators will be here next week, um, and they'll be here live in the studio. And don't forget to subscribe to Live the Barrage on iTunes. Please. That's right. Go to iTunes and Instagram and Twitter and all that crap. And, uh, yeah, and sponsor Barrage Listeners Radio. Don't forget to go fuck yourself, and uh, we'll see you next <laughs> week, everybody. Thank you. And I have no... That's it. Thanks. I can't find that. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's been 250 shows. I can't find the outro of the What the fuck is the outro of the show? Did I erase it? Mr. King. It sucks. I think I erased the outro. There it is. All right. We'll see you next week because the light was on. Thanks. Stick around. Because the light was on. For music on with music off. And Top Dollar Hour with Tudican Jones coming up next. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Radio, though. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chips and F. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Fred. Fred, read these plugs. How about how to eat a bean of my boo? Oh my god. I am on Facebook. Oh my god. Cause the light cause the light cause the light was on. When the music comes over, turn off his mic. Turn off his mic. Turn off his mic.